system of rock. 101 Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Good morning to you. It is uh, one minute and fifteen. Am I extra loud today? Is my voice? Seriously, you really are. Do I have an ex- especially uh, a crisp and warm timbre to my voice on this Monday morning? I tend to ignore it. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. All right, try that again. And good morning to you. There we go. That's better. One minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of July in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your Listening day, we are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for uh, joining us. It is Monday, and welcome to Day 12. Uh, I should say, first and foremost, right out of the gate as we begin today's show, uh, coming up today, a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 every single hour. Uh, every hour during today's show, we'll have a pair of tickets for you to see Crew Fest 2. So you want to be listening for details on how to win those sometime between now and 6 o'clock. Then uh, once again, 6 o'clock hour, 7 o'clock hour, all the way up till 9 o'clock. A pair of tickets to see Crewfest 2 every hour. It is a uh, 24-hour ticket giveaway. You can also win those online. You go to KUFO.com for more information. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You can also text. It's 52051. Or finally, ladies and uh, gentlefolk. You can email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at 9. Uh, yeah, at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or uh, Nibbler, our esteemed production director, Greg Nibbler. That's a rock. I know. I've just, I, I bit myself, like, right you at okay? the beginning of the show. I bit the inside of my lip, and now I keep doing it. It's that thing where your teeth keep hitting it over and over again. Maybe if you had one of those dental dams like they used to put in your mouth so they could work on your teeth, I think you're that might help. thinking of something else. No. Uh, Greg Nibbler can be reached. It's N-I-B-L-E-R at K-U-F-O.com. N-I-B-L-E-R at K-U-F-O.com. Uh, also today, we'll have a, a pair of tickets to see Star Wars in concert. Uh, you can win those for you. can buy them. Uh, the unique multimedia experience of Star Wars. That'll be uh, I saw a preview of that the other day. Now, is this, when you guys went to the uh, press conference for that, Tim, did they did they show you, is this a thing that is touring? Is it going from one city to another? Yes, yes. Now, is it, so it's performed elsewhere. Have you, did they show you sort of like a little overview of what it's going to be? They did. And was it uh, was it truly an extravaganza? I thought it was, yes. All right. I, I paid good money for it. Did you say that Darth Vader guy smelled of cigarettes? I mean, not the actual Darth Vader, presumably, but the guy who was pretending to be Darth Vader? I believe it was Greg Nibbler who brought that to my attention. Really? All right. Everybody else. But he, of, he could have been the Vancouver Darth Vader. I, I do have to admire the guy who was uh, Chewbacca because he sort of tried to stay in character. Whereas mm-hmm. the Darth Vader guy was, I feel like that was just sort of a day job for him. I think he was, it was a little bit of phoning it in on that guy's behalf. But, you know. They could have called him at the last minute. I guess. What are you going to do? Maybe, maybe he couldn't find the entrance. Maybe, maybe he's a scab Darth Vader. Maybe he's not really from like the, uh, like the Sith local 501 or something. All right. Uh, it's 503 228 
4101 if you'd like to uh, be part of today's show. We'll have uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian in at 7 o'clock today to talk about the weekend box office. And at 8 o'clock today, we will do our uh, recap of last night's uh, episode of True Blood. And I think, just going forward, I think there ought to be some sort of an ongoing uh, contest where every week we see who can come in with the worst line of True Blood dialogue. Or if... You know, if, if, if each of us sort of select a line of dialogue for the show, and then we'll see if they match. Because here are the two ideas I had. I had, what was the worst line of dialogue from last night's episode of True Blood? And I had, is it True Blood dialogue, or is it dialogue from a bad porn movie that I found online somewhere? Because there was this sequence last night, I don't have to play it now, but there was this sequence from last night... It was like... The orgy? They did, But see, it wasn't even that. See, you could go right to the orgy, but the, 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 see, that's easy. That's cheating to me. you got to pick out dialogue from the actual non-sex parts of the show. There was this moment that was... It, they did everything but say, like, well, I don't know, my hot water heater's broken, so I guess we're just going to have to shower over here. Do you mind if I bring my twin sister, Angela? It was all... I mean... It was really like Alan Ball is just sitting there late at night, uh, sort of skimming, uh, like, bangbus.com or something, and just... You know, piecing together his dialogue from uh, you know from various spring break installments. Right. How are you, Sarah Dillon? I'm doing well. A lot better after watching last night's episode of True Blood. It was ridiculous. It really was. I uh, well, we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves, yeah. but I'll. Uh, I will just say this: that I'm the biggest fan of the entire world of whoever it is that girl that plays Jessica, uh, the newly turned vampire. Me too. She's my favorite. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, Rick Emerson is voting uh, right now that Jessica get her own spinoff show, so I can, you know, because every time, the you know the show goes to her. Every time the camera's on her. It's, there's something kind of great about about the way that character's developed because she's got that weird, like, repressed church girl thing meets vampire, meets hot, meets kind of innocent, meets, you know, and anyway, so I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm the world's largest fan of hers, but we'll uh, talk more about that later. Let's do this. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.06 from the CBS News Center. Temperatures will reach 102 degrees today. It's already 72. Tomorrow, it's going to be 103. An extensive heat and smog advisory in effect. Portland Police Bureau will be turning up the heat on gangs in the coming days. This after seven, yes, seven gang-related shootings in the metro area over the past week. There have already been 45 gang-related shootings so far this year. That's compared to 35 for all of 2008. A Vancouver cop turning in his badge after claims he harassed a female corrections worker. Officer Jeff Wilkins accepted the deal after five months of extended health benefits were thrown in to sweeten that deal. A group tried to strip Washington State's same-sex couples of their legal rights and protections has turned in 138,000 signatures in the hope of putting that measure back on the ballot. Well, consider a working relationship that goes back 64 years. 64 years. That was a working relationship between Walter Cronkite and Andy Rooney. Although he had to stop himself uh, during the eulogy at Walter uh, Cronkite's funeral, he did go on 60 Minutes last night and managed to make it through that. How many really good friends do you have? If you're lucky, you have two or maybe three. Walter Cronkite was a really good friend of mine, a best friend. I didn't just know Walter well. I didn't respect him. I didn't revere him. I just liked him a lot. We were often together, and it was easy. We didn't have to think of things to talk about. Things to talk about just came to us naturally. 
I was with Walter recently, and we didn't talk much because neither of us had much to say. You can do that with good friends, too. <laughs> Walter and I met in London in 1945. Imagine that. I'm just back from the biggest assignment that any American reporter could have so far in this war. And I suppose we've been together a thousand times from then until now. It's one of those numbers in your life that you can't count. I've been proud over the years to see Walter become Let me just pull up a chair. one of the best He's known almost people done. on television, <laughs> but one of the best known people in the whole world of people. He was proud of me, too, and there's no better feeling in life than that. I wouldn't trade Walter Cronkite liking me for just about anything I've ever had. Onion belt! <coughs> wow. The, okay. What's going on I'm, there? <laughs> I'm so full of conflicting emotions here because... First of all, I understand he's speaking about a about a dear friend who has uh, recently passed away, and, and they've known each other for sixty four years. Known each other for sixty four. Known each other for and worked the, together for that long, nearly basically. double the time that I've been alive. So I can certainly acknowledge that. Boy, goddamn, Andy Rooney is just a big caricature of himself. Sometimes there are moments I I have to say this and see. I feel a little bit better about Friday's uh, after show meeting. We had this after Friday's show. We were all sitting in, in Paddock's office. We were just uh, kind of kicking around whatever it is we were going to do today. And you had mentioned that Andy Rooney was speaking at Walter Cronkite's funeral. Uh-huh. And without even really thinking about it, I said, hey, is there audio? Is it funny? And I, it was kind of, the phrase was kind of out of my mouth before I realized the audio probably wasn't that funny because, you know, funeral. And I, just, and I felt like kind of a jerk for suggesting that anything that, that Andy Rooney would have to say about somebody who had recently died would somehow be hilarious. But I have to tell you, it's about halfway through that clip... You sort of forget, because the thing is, he's got such a distinct cadence, you kind of forget he's talking about Walter Cronkite, and you forget even more that he's talking about somebody who's just died. You just kind of fall into hearing that cadence that he does when he talks about somebody who used to be here but isn't here anymore, kind of like Spats. And so, I almost want to... He'll be around to speak at your funeral. That's, I was just going to say, I would almost agree, I would agree almost to die, like, this week, if in exchange for dying this week, I could get Andy Rooney to come on this show and do my eulogy. And if I could write parts of it for him, so he could just do a, whatever happened to living, sort of a thing. But I hate to say this, but... So you're going, you're going to Boston soon? Oh, God, is he dead? Did Andy Rooney die? No, 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 no. Uh, Ted Kennedy... Apparently is at death's door, and I have a feeling you're going to be in Boston about the time that that's going to happen. Is that good or bad? Not, I'm not saying the, well, the it, death of Ted Kennedy. You were going to go bad, in, I... into Boston when they're in a, a terrible state of mourning, I believe. <laughs> just, Wait, to, to just ruin your fun for being there. Just be wearing sackcloth and staring uh, at the floor. So it, obviously, we wish Ted well, Kennedy you... a, a long life and the best of health, to whatever degree that's possible at this point. But if I were to, how do I put this? As somebody from New England. Would you say that it, 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 God forbid, should I be uh, in New England, uh, you know, in a few weeks when Ted Kennedy uh, passes away? Would you say that that, uh, that would be an interesting cultural experience for I me? I would say so. It'll be unforgettable. You should go to the Kennedy Library while you're there. Are people just going to be killing themselves in the street? Is no, it just going to be... There, there will be gloominess and sadness. All right. But, but you should go to the Kennedy Library in the south end of Boston. Well, what else are you going to do when you're there? Yeah, I, I don't really know. The Boston thing is kind of Lara's idea. That's her... That's her. So I'm you're not just a, going along and... I'm going along with the crowd. It's just... Okay. I have no... It, I'm not opposed to going to Boston. I'm just... It's not... That, that is a section of the trip that has been inserted by her. It's so. New York, but snootier. 
Yeah, I wasn't Excellent. the biggest fan of Boston. Well, so. it, yeah, you have to be born there, I think, to enjoy it. Mm. Even so. That's great. Looking, it's a nice trip. Looking forward to it already. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right, straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins at 7 o'clock. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will have our True Blood recap uh, later on today and a double geek watch as well, plus insane Sarah Palin news. You stay there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Monday morning. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't miss a moment of The Rick Emerson Show, or you'll be filled with desperate, miserable shame. I was toilet trained at 12. Listen online, live, or via podcast at KUFO.com. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, at some point this hour and at some point every hour throughout the program. Going to give away a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2, which happens tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh, Crew Fest 2 happening tomorrow. You can find out more at KUFO.com. But at some point this hour, uh, you will hear this sound. This is, uh, this, is just a, this is a demonstration sound. This is for demonstrative purposes only. Please do not call. All right, this, is for, uh, this is for entertainment purposes only right now. When I play this sound... When you hear the sound of the Lamberts, when you hear that noise, uh, be caller 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Once again, when you hear the sound of the Lamberts, when you hear that, you be caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You win yourself a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 tomorrow night at Clark County Amphitheater featuring Motley Crew, uh, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils, etc. It's 503-228-4101 at the news desk. Your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the CBS News Center, it is 523. Temperatures will reach 102 degrees today, 103 tomorrow. Uh, heat and smog advisory in effect. A 15-year-old boy has drowned in the Clackamas River. Mick Wilcox of Elk, Washington, went under near the 93E Bridge. A weekend blaze tore through a beauty supply warehouse on Southeast Powell at 120th. An explosion was heard. Firefighters luckily were in full protective gear at that time. I'm sorry, you said a beauty supply warehouse? On the Southeast Powell. 120th and Powell? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> was it subs- that warehouse is real, real big or real small? One of the two. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to make fun of the uh, the misfortunes of others. I'm sure they were covered by all the appropriate insurance. I'm sure they were. Mm-hmm. Aggression police are investigating. Still another stabbing at the Max station near 181st. Six people are involved in this fight. They took off in a gray Honda. The victim will live. I'm trying to imagine where that where that place even was. So, because I'm, the place I'm thinking of is that be- the Sally's Beauty Supply, but that's an 82nd. That's an 82nd. Where's Rock and Roll Pizza? Well, it, it is in that vicinity. Yeah, so it's like right near there. <laughs> Come get your beauty supplies right now. Except Rock and Roll Pizza isn't even Rock and Roll Pizza anymore. It's gone. Oh. Uh, it's become some other place. Mm. It's like it's, it's called it's like it's uh, not the whiskey because that's the place in L.A. But it's something like that. It's like the whiskey saloon or some some such. All right, here's Tim Riley. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Didn't seem to have much staying power at the box office over the weekend with the receipts for the latest in the series about a boy wizard falling 60% from last week. As a result, the new Disney animated film G-Force about a superhero uh, talking guinea pig 
took that sounds so interesting. Wow. Yes, people are tasteless. Took the top box office spot. God, it's a at some point it just seems like we're living inside an episode of Entourage every now and again. You know what I mean? And God it took in $32.1 million. And I feel like a, such an out-of-touch stooge because I didn't even know that movie was coming out. I mean, I don't have kids, which maybe sort of... I don't even know what it is. It, 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 Sarah, weren't you listening? It's a superhero <laughs> guinea pig. Talking guinea pig. Sorry. Oh, boy. At some point, do they do, a, do, they, do, they, uh, do they do like a little dance to a Tone Loke song? I haven't seen it, nor do I remember the trailer for it. I'm just guessing. This is, here's the... We should do a whole segment just called Crap We Know About the Movie Just Based on the One-Line Description. Because it's a Disney film, because it's about a talking animal who is also a superhero, has some other secret identity, I will guarantee you there's a point when the animal and all the animal friends, uh, they do some sort of performance or synchronized routine to a song beloved by white people. Probably white people over the age of 35. See, I'm thinking that he might have a dog friend, and then Who Let the Dogs Out would play at some point. Uh, yes, not again. The, who Let the Pigs Out. Thank oh, you, Oh, God. Oh, speaking of pigs, I'm, I know we're, uh, never mind, never mind. I know we're holding back on our True Blood observations till later. Yes. I gotta, I gotta collate all my thoughts. I'm rewatching it again. Really? Are you? During yes. the breaks? Yes. Good for you. <laughs> all right. Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, this year's Comic Con drew 125,000 fans to San Diego for a sneak peek into the future. The convention began as a gathering of comic book fans. These days, it's more of a mecca for science fiction and fantasy aficionados. Major movie and TV studios and video game makers used the weekend preview some of their upcoming blockbusters. This year's biggest draw was Titanic director James Cameron's new 3D epic, Avatar. 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 And the next installment of Twilight, a vampire romance called New Moon. The latter packed in some 6,500 screaming preteen girls into the convention hall. Yeah, you know, talk about that Harry Potter movie having drop-off, which I don't, I don't really understand, except... Except to say this, that the thing about that uh, that's deceiving when they say Harry Potter had a 60% drop off at the box office is that, A, that's not a weekend-to-weekend thing. I'm all like, making excuses for my <laughs> nerd brethren. But it's not really a weekend-to-weekend thing because that movie opened on a Tuesday. So you got to figure for the, you know, it had a good four or five days of box office before it even got to the weekend. And also this, that first week for Harry Potter is just going to, you know, it's like the first week for a Star Wars film where it's just going to be off the charts. I mean, it's, I think it's a totally, now what will be interesting is to see how it does from this week two to week three. Because week one of the Harry Potter thing, it's like, you know, it's like, that's like comparing the first night the book is on sale, uh, you know, to the second night that the Harry Potter book is on sale. I mean, one is all about the pent-up demand, the nerds camping out for three days beforehand, and the other one is, you know, for more of the regular, the uh, the Metroplex uh, crowd. So there's mm. that. My thing is going to be to see how those Twilight movies do on subsequent releases, because I got to tell you, here's the thing about Twilight. I don't know a single person over the age of, let's say, 25, who has read those books, who hasn't finished them, and then kind of gotten that expression on their face, like like when you have too much fast food late at night after you've been up boozing all night. And you just kind of look at it, you go, I wasn't very good. I don't know why I did that. Everyone finishes those Harry Potter book or the uh, Twilight books or the Twilight films and immediately has to tell everybody they know how that it wasn't that good at all. And in fact, parts of it were downright terrible. Uh, Cheryl, who's, uh, you know, our good friend Cheryl, who's, she's, yeah, I mean, she's a big vampire nerd. She sent me a text as soon as, I don't think she was done with Twilight. I think she was halfway through it. She's like, I'm watching Twilight. This is crap. Why am I still watching? Then later, finish Twilight. Boy, that was crap. Why did I watch it all the way through? So I will be curious to see if there's a huge drop-off 
for whatever that second Twilight movie is, the the new moon. And plus, that guy looks like Beavis. There's just no getting around. He's got a no, huge I think forehead. As long as he maintains his looks, those movies are going to be successful. So you so you find that guy, you think he's good looking? Yes, I don't find him good looking in life. I find him good looking as Edward Cullen. Is it because he's a vampire, or do you think it's like, literally, just aesthetically, they make him look good somehow? I think they make him look really pretty. Is it because they give him like those real high cheekbones or something? There's something I his head no, looks I don't, misshapen I don't know to me. What, no, he is beautiful. I think that he's a very good-looking guy. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, see, Nibbler's with me on this. His head looks like a triangle. It's like he's it's like he's got a piece of candy corn uh, jammed into his collar. I can't I can't put any better than that. There's just there's something odd going on with him. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Frasier star Kelsey Grammer is expected to attend the parole hearing for a man convicted of killing his sister in 1975. Eighteen-year-old Kellen uh, Karen Grammer was abducted outside a Red Lobster after an attempted robbery. Fifty-two-year-old Freddie Glenn is serving a life sentence for her slaying. He's eligible for parole. Grammer plans to attend today's hearing at the Lyman Correctional Facility about 90 miles southeast of Denver. Well, judges are getting tougher on crime, and limits on parole have led to a record number of people serving life terms in U.S. prisons. A study reveals nearly 142,000 people are currently serving life sentences in federal and state pens, with 6,600 of them being juveniles. California has the highest rate of lifers at 20%. A report finds that the rise in juvenile lifers could be blamed on the 2005 Supreme Court ruling that banned juveniles from being executed. We're going to start killing some of these. (laughs) Yes, we do, Tim. That's always the answer. Have you guys ever been inside a, a, a juvenile correctional facility? I have not. When I was a, uh, I don't know, I was in, I think, seventh grade. They, did, I think they were trying to do some, like, low-budget, scared, straight thing. And so uh, when I was going to Catholic school, so they they trucked us all out to the juvie center, as we called it. Uh, and we and I remember it being thoroughly unimpressive just because I think they only let us see, like, the cafeteria. And, and I think there was, like, a cafeteria and a basketball court, and that was about it. And But their their whole goal was to, I think, sort of, you know, sort of terrify us in the behaving in the behaving properly, but but because it was just so empty, and I don't know whether it was like everybody was sort of you know out like in the weightlifting yard or something, or whether there was just no one locked up in Kennewick that year. It was just like this entirely deserted facility. So to this day, I I kind of have no idea what the inside of a juvenile prison looks like, and th- so the only images I have are that, and then the actual. Uh, that actual scared straight film from 1975 or whatever it was, where they got all those kids from the juvenile facility and they trucked them over to the to the adult prison uh, to kind of let them see what the uh, what the deal was like. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Today in rock and roll history, 2004, Courtney Love was sentenced to 18 months probation in order to enter a drug rehab program following her guilty plea to being under the influence of drugs. How'd that work out? She offered the plea in May as part of a deal with prosecutors. The case stemmed from an arrest in October 2003. 2007 on this date, KISS frontman Paul Stanley was hospitalized after suffering a cardiac arrest while prepping for a concert in San Jacinto, California. 1974, Leonard Skinner released Sweet Home Alabama. Didn't we have some story that we never got to about three weeks ago that involved Courtney Love and a bunch of tampons? Yes, and her, um, yeah. I don't even want to think about those things together. Well, you know, I would use the next few minutes to brace yourself then, Tim, because... Uh, through the power of Google, we're going to travel back through the news uh, tunnel uh, to the golden days of, I think, like three, four, five weeks ago when we had that story. We'll, uh, we'll dig that up for later on. Oh, by the way, speaking of news stories, so do you have this thing about, uh, let's see here. Do you have this thing about Joe the Plumber? 
I saw it somewhere, but I kind of skipped over it. It's such old news. Yeah, but I here, but I only pulled it because it has this story had just enough entertainment value to make it worth my while. I mean, he he kind of his fifteen minutes are clearly up a long time ago. I know, but you know, but the thing is, he doesn't realize that. So when someone what is left for him to do? When someone to does actually do some plumbing, <laughs> maybe he should become a plumber. <laughs> we should track him down and ask him how much to come fix our toilet. Hey, you plumber. I got a leaky faucet. Well, you see, I was never a plumber to begin get, with. Get over here. Uh, oh, all right. Joe the plumber. That was a good era. So it really was. I uh, I miss the election. I really do. I miss that whole campaign season. We still season. have Sarah Palin around now that she has nothing to do. Well, you know, the reason I miss the campaign season is that, like, uh, unlike a lot of folk, uh, I just didn't I just didn't care. Like, I wasn't worried about the about the outcome because, I, I mean, because there was just no way John McCain was going to win ever, ever, ever. It just, it, it just wasn't. It just wasn't. I mean, it became very, very apparent at a certain juncture that that was not in the cards. Um you know, and if it was, you know, then then we get what we get. So I did. I had really no personal investment in it at all. Uh, so I was able to watch it just for pure entertainment value. But what extends someone's fifteen minutes? This is the paradoxical thing about it. And then we'll uh, take a break, and we'll have uh, more from Tim Riley straight ahead. Don't forget, uh, sometime this hour, by the way, when you hear the sound of the Lambert, not now. Right there. Uh, when you hear that later on, you be caller ten for a pair of tickets to see Crewfest too. My one thought on Joe the Plumber is this. What always extends someone's 15 minutes of fame is when they do not know the 15 minutes of fame are over. Because then they continue to shove themselves in front of camera somewhere. So then you get like a little sort of, you get like a little ghost 15 minutes of fame that follows, like an echo. Like a kid O'Kalen. Exactly. That's right. Uh, straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up at 6 o'clock. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at 7 o'clock, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian with the Weekend Box Office Recap. And at 8 o'clock, our True Blood Recap from last night. You stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland. Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> That's right, Tim. <laughs> wow. Okay. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. Sometimes sometime before the top of the hour. Okay, it's, we're not even done the first hour yet, but it's already. Sometime before the top of the hour, early. you will win a, uh, have a chance to win a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2, ladies and gentlemen, which happens tomorrow night. A uh, pair of Crew Fest 2 tickets every hour. Giving away a pair of tickets every hour. KUFO having a uh, 24-hour ticket giveaway. You can also win them online at KUFO.com. Uh, I'm going to quit laughing now. Lisa Desjardins coming up at 6 o'clock at the news desk. It's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the CBS News Center, it is 544. Temperatures will reach 102 degrees today, 103 tomorrow. A heat and smog advisory are in effect. Serious stuff. Three are dead in three separate motorcycle crashes over the weekend. The body of a cyclist was found down an embankment off Germantown Road near Skyland Drive. Uh, John Berendrek of Hillsborough had been missing until a passing motorist and noticed his wrecked bike on the side of the road and then investigated. Then Sonny Munkel of Jervis was killed instantly when his motorcycle collided with a minivan in Marion County. His passenger lived and was life to OHSU. 
Another motorcycle crash killed the band field, uh, closed the band field late Saturday night. The cyclist was thrown across the westbound lane and taken to Emanuel's trauma unit. A new survey finds that most Americans don't want the government telling them what kind of light bulb to use. Who could disagree? What kind of what to use? Light bulb. Oh. You know, they, they want to get rid of the, the ones that are good and replace them with the squiggly ones that don't have any light? No, you, I think you said life belt, and I was part of my light brain was bulb. trying to figure out what a life belt was. No. Uh, but you're talking about the, uh, this is like the Al Gore corkscrew thing? Yeah. But you said we don't have, we, we're not going to have any choice, right? It's like 2012 or something? Correct. They're just going to take all of our regular functional light bulbs away? Yes. Start stocking up now. Sons of bitches. A new Rasmussen report telephone survey finds that 72% of adults believe the government should stay out of the light bulb business. 18% believe the government does have the right, and 10% are not sure. Yes. Yes. I'm hearing breathing like... No, no, no. I was inhaling to make an observation, but I didn't want to... Uh, but having made the life belt mistake about 30 seconds ago, I'm now reluctant to say anything for fear that it'll be based on faulty information in my head. Go I was, ahead. I'll tell you I was only going to say this, that I would wager... See, I think that survey is probably... Uh, this is what they call push-pulling, I think, where they call your house, and it's like the way they phrase the question determines the answers they get. Because I would imagine that probably 85% of Americans don't really care about their light bulbs one way or the other, because it's just, you know, because most people don't notice. But if you, but the thing is, if you call somebody's house and you go, do you believe the government ought to tell you, like, blank? I mean, it, doesn't, it could be like, do you believe the government ought to tell you how to do CPR? People probably go, no, I don't want the government to tell me how to do anything. We, we, you know, so I think is if you ask somebody if they want the government telling them how to do anything, regardless of how good an idea the anything is, people will say no. So that's probably where that, only because, because it, it, seems like that's, it seems like that's one of those things that you and I have latched onto, mm-hmm. uh, Tim, that everybody is sort of aware of, but that nobody really cares about. Uh, like my wife, for example, is sort of aware of the fact that those new light bulbs all just sort of make it look like you're in some sort of weird John Romero film. But at the same time, I can't, I cannot convince her to go buy the regular kind. I mean, and, I, and I've made the case. I'm like, baby, you know, we're not going to be able to buy the regular kind in a couple of years. You got to stock up now. And she just doesn't. She seems to have no personal investment in it whatsoever. So anyway, the government's going to tell you what kind of light bulbs to use. All right. You're not going to have any choice. So get used to it. Only the ugly ones will be acceptable. Most Americans taking part in the Twitter networking fad are concerned that their personal information might not be all that secure. This is another survey. 52% of people using the Twitter worry that their information might not be secure within the site. That compares to 26% who are very concerned, 45% who just don't care. Those in numbers other, don't add up. In other news, <laughs> seriously, in other news, 100% of Americans who write news can't do math. In uh, still more news, those 52% of people... I, what information are you putting on That's Twitter? That's exactly what I was going to say. Was, like, only 9% of Americans have a Twitter account, while 71% have heard about Twitter. I was... <laughs> These are these are fundamentally useless facts. I'm not blaming you, of course, Tim. I'm, no, I'm trying is, to stimulate Monday morning conversation. And you're doing an excellent job of it. As people are eating the breakfast. But I'm with Sarah on this. I was going to come right out of the gate and just say they were retards. But I, I don't really know that I... I don't have any clinical data to back that up. It's merely speculative at this point. I don't believe that these stories start with retards. <laughs> or end with them, for that matter. No, but did, did you see that story this morning about the... There's the Democrats are getting a lot of flack because their health bill contains that word. Uh, the Democratic health care proposal contains the word retarded, and so it immediately got set upon. Oh, God. Um, no, well, but, I mean, it's not going to happen anyway. But you're, you're going to continue to be gouged by insurance companies. That's all there is to it. The back on the Twitter thing for a second, though, Sarah really nailed it. Like, what personal information? That's another thing where people are just idiots. You call them at home and go, "Are you worried that your personal information is going to be released on the Twitter?" And well, people say, my other "Question is, what idiots are still answering the phone when people call?" <laughs> 
That's, I guess. I that's, mean, what percentage are, are actually? I mean, I would never answer. I don't even answer my doorbell. I, I, I don't either. No, I don't. <laughs> have to, really, me either. No, I never answer. See, I don't think we've ever had this discussion. <laughs> I would never answer a doorbell. No. I thought it was just me. Mm-mm. I mean, not like in the whole world, but I thought in this room. See, I thought, I, I never admitted that because I thought that you guys would. Let the dogs bark all they want. I'm still not going to answer the door ever. No, I, I just uh, ignore it. I'll stand on my couch and look out the window and see if it's anybody important, mm-hmm. and I'll never really answer it. And you always peek out the w- window right when they're looking back at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just time. a huge eye <laughs> looking at <laughs> <in> the people. <laughs> Hello. I know you're in there. I can see you looking at the people. I'm not home. Please go away. <laughs> I can see you blocking the light of the people. Um... The uh, so I'm a, not going to answer my door for anyone. No, I'm I'm People with you on go that. Away. I'm I'm absolutely with you on that front. Let me just say this: occasionally, if Lars, there, she'll make me answer the door. Like I'll try to avoid it, and the dogs will just keep barking, and she'll be like, "Are you going to answer the door?" And I'll fine, and so I'll open the door. But here's but I've got a stock move that I go to. Do you guys have? Um, Go-to strategies for avoiding people who want you to, like, listen to issues about things or the world. I don't let them get that close. See, when I answer the door and somebody, and you can tell because it's always some, like, it's always some, Someone like. clutching a clipboard. Like a 19-year-old with a clipboard. Ugh. And they go, hi, um, do you have a second? I'd like to talk to you about, um, and it's like, they'll insert the name of some, you know. Do you have you a know. to save the environment? Exactly. I'd like to talk to you about the Dirt Chair Foundation or something. And. I immediately go to, oh, you know, I'm house-sitting, and so uh, I don't even really live here. And they say, and they, they go, well, but, you know, but here in Oregon, I go, I'm from California, actually. And uh, I'm here for, like, seven days, which is, like, long enough that they shouldn't bother to come back, like, tomorrow. But I'm it, always from California. Not so long, <laughs> and not so long that I'm going to be moving here, so therefore I don't really care. And, plus it means I don't have an Oregon ID, which means I can't sign anything. So the key is, if somebody's bothering you, the first thing to go to is you don't live here. Mm-hmm. You don't live I here. I always do that. If it's at your home and you've somehow been. <laughs> but I'm just listening to the door and say, I don't live here. I, I'm just the burglar. I'll be gone in about five minutes. I, if I'm snookered into answering the door somehow, I always uh, claim that I have that I'm house sitting. Okay. Uh, that totally gets them off the porch. And then they won't come back for like another, you know, another seven to ten days. And by then, you know, you can just you can come up with something else. So that's I'm just saying that's that's the way that I proceed. Straight ahead, we have uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Uh, Christy Turnquist will join us at 7 o'clock from the Oregonian to talk about the weekend box office. I'm so glad you guys said you don't answer the door. Never. I feel so Never much better ever. about my doorbell should be removed. Remind me to tell you how I get rid of the people downtown that want me to help. I swear to God, save the whales. Uh, I'll tell you when we get back. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. There's going to be somebody from Portland on it, you know. Who's that? I think her name is, uh, I think her name is Bonnie. We're talking about More to Love? Yes, More to Love, which is a, uh, it is a Fox, it's a reality dating show on Fox. I don't know in what order those things are supposed to go. It's a, it's a reality show on Fox where it's, it's like a dating uh, show for, uh, Women of size, for women of uh, women of substantial carriage, and then the prize that they win at the end is a guy. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. At the end, if they're lucky, they win a guy who's 330 pounds. God, there you go oh, for the win. Prize. Yeah, all right. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, and he looks like Kevin Meany. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how was your Monday, Lisa? Hey, good. Uh, uh, yeah. I just and just one more thing about this. So I am not gonna. I was actually gonna just uh, play sort of coy and pretend that I hadn't already seen it, but I have. I've uh, I've seen uh, the sneak preview episode of this More to Love show because they sent the DVD here to the station. I think because because one of the girls on it is from Portland. 
And it's not like it's not like she's an unattractive woman, but it's they do that thing of just trying to find the, the worst possible camera angles. And then one of the first times you see her on screen, I swear to God, she's just eating a kebab. She's just there, just going, just eating a huge thing of meat off a stick on camera. That that's when you sort of understand the direction the show is going to take. All right, uh, Lisa Desjardins. It's a red hot week in the world of healthcare, according to the CNN prep sheet. Do you share that assessment? Wow, is that what it says? Um, I, yeah, I do. I do share that assessment. But though I'm still, it's it's hard for me to think about somebody eating a stick of meat this early in the morning on a Monday. No, here's here's the great I thing about it too. That. So there's so there's girl. I'll, I'll have to bring the uh, I'll have to bring the audio in maybe uh, tomorrow because I think the she's show... living in the wrong place. She'd see more of it. <laughs> the that was going to say you're on the you're on the East Coast. You don't know how it is here. Um, the the girl actually says on this More to Love show they uh, and they're doing something or other because you know the, the the show was on in the living room and Laura was watching it. I was watching it, but I had to go into the kitchen for something probably to eat and. And she said, oh, these girls are all going to have to live together. And I said, please tell me there's a sequence where they all have to eat at the same time. Um, and she said, yes, there is. And I walk out. And, of course, what have they served all of these? And they're all somewhat heavy set women, sometimes more than somewhat. And they serve the women, the women just a huge platter of, like, kebabs or, or whatever. It's like just a big wooden stick, like, ringed with chunks of beef. And, so, and of course, there's no forks or silverware implements of any kind. So there's just all of these sort of fat chicks having to eat like beef off a pole and you're just sitting there going like what what am i watching and the girl from portland actually says well i'm from oregon what do you want which is just sort of great um anyway back to the the healthcare thing how i mean it says here that it's going to be a quote red hot week but isn't everybody just sort of putting off their voting until until next week or next month or something no the senate is putting off its first vote on healthcare on the on the senate floor until after august it's true but the house nancy pelosi they may be voting on their healthcare bill this week she is going to try to push it through or that's what she said um but but there are problems with that and one of them is that it hasn't finished the committee process yet it hasn't even gone through committee which, you know, I probably, you know, it sounds really boring and lame to people who aren't here, but to, well, in Washington, it's a big deal that it hasn't gone through committee because that's where people actually get a chance to have input in a bill generally. Um, so she may not have this big chunk of the bill go through committee because she doesn't have the votes on that committee. She doesn't have the votes because they haven't figured out how to pay for all of this bill. So all of that is going down. There are behind-closed-doors meetings today to try and figure out some kind of deal uh, with these conservative Democrats who are worried about the price tag. But my favorite thing today, there's actually a five-hour seminar for members of Congress to learn what's in the bill. which has been, And the bill's been out there for a couple of weeks, but a lot of them have been saying, uh, we don't really... Isn't it true that you read the whole thousand pages like the first hour that it was out or something? <laughs> I read it... Uh, between the first the first three nights that it was out. Let I, me just clarify something. Are you Lisa Desjardins, an elected representative? No, I See, am not. So, there's so and and yet you if you care enough to go the extra mile. See, you know that a good job is a job worth doing right. I hope that's what it is. I don't know. I'm a dork. Well, you know, it, it's it's definitely a question mark on doing that because chances are the bill that I read is not what the final bill will be. So uh, I don't know. A lot of people. Uh, make- well, here's a question. So nothing's ever going to go through anyway. Well, I see that was see Tim. And I was I was going to split the difference. I, I, I there. mean, the, the only thing politicians do well is to get reelected, and that's about it, really. I if only there were some sort of franking privilege uh, associated with like treating cancer or something. <laughs> The- well, you know, there's actually a funny franking story that's been going on this week. Bizarrely, you know, cause frank, franking that congressmen can just send out whatever they want. It's like free mail privileges. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. 
The deal is that um, House Republicans put together this chart of, of what they say is the House Democrats' plan. You might have seen it on TV. It's a crazy-looking chart with all these blobs that point to each other. And it is not accurate. It is absolutely at best, an exaggeration. It's really not a fair depiction of the Democrats' plan. But anyway, they wanted to send this out to everybody, you know, all their constituents, and say, look at how ridiculous the Democrats' plan is. But the Democrats control the committee that is in charge of franking, and there's a law that you can't use franking for something that is inaccurate. So the Democrats actually ruled through this committee that this chart is wrong and that Republicans can't send it out. So, By the way, that's the only time this decade we're probably going to get to use the phrase, the Democrats ruled, because that's oh. just not accurate. You guys are so cynical. I mean, you know, we've got to deal with health care, and, you know, some folks up here are trying. I don't know, I don't I, know how it's going to work out. Well, let me, I would, let me ask you this, then. I was going to say, t- I will split the difference here between, uh, between wide-eyed optimism and uh, the perhaps jaded cynicism. The, clearly, we're not going to get the, uh, you know, the single-payer, you get sick, the man takes care of it, it kind of health care anytime soon. So what is the best one could reasonably expect to come out of the far side of this whole thing, do you think? your perspective if you're looking for more government involvement uh, best is the wrong way to put it what is the biggest change one could reasonably expect to come out of this uh mandates that all that everyone get insurance that all americans have to get insurance and that all employers must pay for it so does that just suppose that there's a lot of people now who could get insurance but are just opting not to that's yes. you know they just they don't feel like getting it Yes, that's right. That's right. And I think, I mean, there's also, there could be a public, uh, a government-sponsored health insurance plan and so that you could actually pay the government to be your health insurer. Uh, but I, I, we don't, that's, that's on the rocks right now. It doesn't look like that'll happen, but it's possible. Uh, it's all very confusing. Some days I just... Very confusing. It's a nightmare. No, I've really got to figure out a way to explain this all more simply. But the problem is, this is like this is like a quilt of all these little tiny pieces that they've they've kind of tattered together. It's not really one thing that they're trying to attack healthcare with. There are a lot of different things that are in these bills. It's like a quilt made out of a pastiche created from a melange. <laughs> Yes, right. wrapped in a riddle. I just want somebody to tell me who to hate, really, on any given day. That's no, that's pretty no, much I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at that. I don't know. All right. On that note, Lisa Either party would be fine. Let's all just flip a coin. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Have a great <laughs> Thank day. Thank you, guys. There right. you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. All right. I dig her. All right, Tim, what headlines are we following on this, uh, what's it, Monday? Well, this What's It Monday has a lot going on. Sarah Palin says goodbye and has words for the media. Apparently, they're making things up about her like they have to try. Did Girls Gone Wild creator Joe Francis bribe prison guards? I hope so. And Obama said he was wrong, calling the Cambridge cops stupid. She is a typical white person. All right. Uh, I meant to use the wrong. I meant to use the he. Uh, That's my fault. I, uh... I've completely failed right there. All right. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. And coming up within the next hour, another pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. Be listening. We're live from Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Why am I an alcoholic? I haven't an epping clue. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. At some point before the top of the hour, uh, you will hear this noise. This is just for demonstration purposes only. Please do not call now. You will hear uh, this sound at some point between now and 7 a.m. Woman! 
When you hear the sound of the Lambert, uh, be caller 10 at 503 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. When you hear that sound, and you'll win yourself a, a pair of tickets to see Crewfest 2, which happens tomorrow night at the Clark County Amphitheater. Uh, we're doing a pair of tickets every hour on Rock 101 KUFO, and also at uh, KUFO.com, ladies and gentlemen. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the CBS News Center, it is 621. Temperatures will reach 102 degrees today, 103 tomorrow. An extensive heat and smog advisory are in effect. All the air is stagnant, and it's hard to breathe. Uh, And that's all we know about it. Mainly, uh, oh, listen to this. A Medford woman and a man are both facing charges after the State Board of Nursing determined they were both impersonating nurses. (laughs) Ew. Investigators found 50-year-old Sherry Don Engler had presented herself as a licensed psychiatric nurse with a history of clinical psychology on Craigslist, where she's advertising her services. <laughs> okay. Who doesn't pick a doctor off Craigslist? But, I mean, it wasn't, okay, so but it was just like a psychological nurse. It wasn't like a jabbing you with needles kind of nurse. I mean, to that, the best that of our probably knowledge. would have been next. Yeah. They also found 40-year-old Alonzo Madison III had used the nursing license number of a former spouse on an application to renew the license of his adult foster home in Medford. Doesn't Alonzo Madison III sound like the guy who wrote that speed-pimping book? Hello there, I'm Alonzo Madison III. I would like to have relations with you now. Ladies, take me in your arms and dance with me. (laughs) He paid a $1,000 fine, that's it. And agreed to stop being a nurse. So basically, you can pay a thousand bucks for the right to illegally practice as a nurse online. Uh-huh. It's duly, uh huh. Duly noted. Uh, this uh, text at 52051 says, uh, What does that woman scream from? That is the sound of Adam Lambert. Uh, sir, that is the uh, that is the Adam Lambert who I think actually was was he lost? I think he was actually like the second place. Uh, the but but nobody can identify the guy who actually won. I, already, I've forgotten the guy who won American Idol. There's last Adam year. Lambert and the guy who won. Okay, quick, let's go around the room. Can anybody name an American Idol winner who isn't Kelly? Uh, what's her name? No, I was going to say Kelly Pickler, but it's not even Kelly Pick. Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Can you name an American Idol winner who is not Kelly Clarkson? Well, uh, what about Gary that Underwood? overweight guy, Rufus or Rastus or what's his name? Ruben? Ruben. Ruben. But I don't think he won, did he? he? I think he won. Did he beat so Clay Aiken? Knows. Yes, he got first place. Oh, I can name Clay, Clay Aiken. Aiken got I bet Clay he didn't Aiken win, didn't though. Win. I bet he didn't win. So the object is not to win American Idol. The object is to come in second. You're right. You're really right about that, actually. I think Kelly Clarkson is right. the only first place winner uh, who's really... Okay, Ruben Stutter. Okay, yeah, so, that's, so he did... So he was the first place winner. But again, I don't know what he's done, except that it seems to me that I saw his... Was it Ruben Stoddard? I saw his face on a on a busboard the other day that he's coming to town. No, you know what? It's, to do it's, what? what? No, no, no. It's it's not him. It's Taylor Hicks. Taylor Hicks is coming to town as part of the cast of Grease. Oh yeah, I heard oh, that. Yeah. I saw that. And Carrie, oh, it was Carrie Underwood a winner. Great. I mean, not just like a winner inside, but like an actual winner. All right. So Carrie Underwood. All right. There you go. You know, because I, I was thinking about this weekend. You know who? Uh, you know who I remember to the exclusion of every other season of that show. I only remember what's his name, Richard Hatch. From Survivor, he's the only Survivor winner that I remember at all. I well, think that's because he cheated on his taxes. And no, he was just a, a notorious jerk. Well, but also, yeah. but he was the, but also he was the first one though. He was the winner of the very first season of Survivor, and I remember that later on there was a what's it, Robin Amber. But that's it. I don't remember anything else about that show. I don't remember any subsequent season, and it was always on in the house. It Lars kind of drifted away from it. But it was always on, and uh, but, but still, he's the only person I can remember. I can't well, name five shows in any of the old major networks. 
Try to name five. What do you mean? Five shows from CBS, five shows from NBC, or five shows from well, C- like from ABC that are on. Oh, you mean not from the past? Right. Not like present. Are, like so, I can't say like Lou Grant. No, no, presently. Uh, let's not pick CBS. That'd be awkward. Give me another network. ABC. Lost. Mm-hmm. Desperate Housewives. Okay. Is that ABC? Yes, I believe so. I think so. Three more. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Uh, uh, it, it, that show, Castle, uh, that show Castle. featuring Nathan Fillion. You're grasping. Mal grass- Reynolds. No, 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 but that's right. But that's no, that is correct, I know though. you're right because I remember watching Lost and seeing the previews for it. <laughs> Laura and I were watching Firefly last night, and she goes, that Mal Reynolds guy is hot. What else has he ever done? I'm like, he's in the show Castle on ABC. Uh, all right, Castle, Desperate Housewives, Lost. You're taking too much time, and that's only that's one it. network. That, no, I failed. I, I have nothing else. I wonder if the general public can. See, people don't watch network TV right, Let me try NBC. Except Free for CBS, which we all watch. Ah, uh, I can't name a single thing that's on NBC. Isn't there a CSI show or 12 on there? That that's should count a, as my CBS. guess, right? That's, really? All the CB, CSI shows are on CBS. I thought CSI was... What am I thinking of that's on NBC that's like CSI? Is it Law & Order? Maybe. I don't know. I, okay, we have to quit this now. I, this is a See road what I to, mean? So road to nowhere. Why were we talking about that? Oh, because the guy wanted to know who Adam Lambert is. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Uh, let's see. So let's uh, visit with Joan Rivers, shall we? Can we please? Yeah, she uh, gives her I was hoping a, we could do opinion that. Opinion of Michael Jackson. Oh, wait a minute here. Yeah. I'm not ready to go. Here's uh, Maybe that's God's way of telling you we don't need to hear from Joan Rivers. No, what, what I've been doing lately is turning off my sound because every time I go to a website, it blurts out things at embarrassing moments. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a rash? Exactly. Stupid. 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 <laughs> Chris Get Farley. Get involved in drugs. <laughs> when you have this talent and the world stupid. is your oyster, stupid. you stupid that's what I think about Michael Jackson. Sounds like something from Deadwood movie. You fool to have become a druggie and to have done all this. It's such a sad thing. Such this has got to be from Celebrity Apprentice. Is That has to be because the, that yeah, music. That sounded like the music from it. That's like the deliberation music followed by the coming up next. And then, you know, and then when they fire. Uh, the shocking conclusion. Oh, God. Did you, I mean, I know you guys aren't watching Celebrity Apprentice. But, no, I've um, never seen no. it. The, uh, and I'm not really. I mean, I'm watching it as sort of a bit again. The reality programming is sort of. It's one of those things that I pick up. I get the gist of it because Laura watches it, so um, that is just her, her inescapable vice. You know who's on Celebrity Apprentice this year? So there was um, there's Joan Rivers. There's uh, who's the guy that sang uh, Killing Time, Clint Black. Yeah, uh, which is that's just sad. When he's why Clint, is he on there? I don't know. I have. Does he I, need a job? I, I don't. I, I Country would, stars last forever. I thought, years and years and years. And I thought Clint Black was still a big deal. I thought he was. Uh, you know, I thought he was still out there, kind of like getting the hits. But Clint Black is on there, uh, which sort of depresses me because, you know, you don't like to see him humbling himself that way because he did, he did Killing Time and he did a bunch of other stuff. But Killing Time alone is like a, that's a, that's a, a stone classic, as they say. But you know who else? Here's a name you haven't thought of for like 15 years. Tom Green. So Tom Green from MTV is on there and looking. An ex-husband of Drew Barrymore. Seriously, that guy, he's like the Lyle Lovett to her, Julia Roberts. Mm. But that's a guy who What does who he look a, like now? Does he look bad? He looks like he's not missing a lot of meals. That's what he looks like. He looks like he's not... That, that's a guy who doesn't pass a restaurant. He stops and he eats. He eats long and he eats hard. Uh, he's just... Um, and he just seems... He just seems like an unpleasant person. That's the thing about Tom Green. I and I actually have to say that I never cared for him. I sort of disliked him right out of the gate because he. Yeah, he was really annoying. I, just, I, I never thought his show was funny at all. I just thought he was too vulgar and ugh, just not funny. See, and I just wanted somebody to beat him. I mean, every time he would show up and sort of start screwing with somebody, I was like, you know, one of these days you're going to pick on uh, the wrong guy. You're going to go to the wrong house. And somebody's just going to club you with a tire iron. And it never happened, much to my disappointment. Maybe yeah, I'd go up to 82nd. No, he's got the. Um, 
perhaps. He's uh, but he's got he's got like big guy. He's like big guy, thinning hair, little head. But big guy, little head, thinning hair. But then he's done that thing where the guys with the real uh, thin and thinning hair will do, where he's grown it really long, not just... And brushed forward? Uh, sort of. Yeah, that's kind of... It's not really like a comb over so much as it is like it's just sort of like a mow. It's like a bowl cut no, no, almost I've, all the way around. I've dated somebody that, you know, who brushes their hair forward like that, and then it kind of feels like they're cheating because I didn't realize that, you know, he was kind of balding. Wait a minute. Is that... Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's back all the way to, like, here, but he brushes his hair. So it's a comb forward. It's a comb forward. Is that, like, because oh. people are onto the, the comb over, and they've spotted it, and so it's like, yeah, oh, wait, once... I'll do the comb forward. Because yeah, we were bike riding once, and then, you Oh, know. wow. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I behind him like a flag. Like, Where did your hair go? <laughs> I feel sorry for people without hair. Like, <laughs> I do. Like some sort of a hairy windsock floating behind him, like a it foot and a half. Like, oh, that is not what I thought you looked like. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where did the young Where guy go you that I was dating? Who is this old person who suddenly appeared next to me? All right. Uh, this text says, Law, uh, ABC, lost, desperate housewives who wants to be a millionaire, bachelorette. And then uh, that's still only four, by the way. And then the person says, I hate myself for knowing that. All right. And that's here's, ABC. Yeah. They don't have TGIF anymore? No. Okay. Uh, here's... No, they... Step by step, still on. No. <laughs> step by step. Nor is oh, she's the sheriff. Uh, here's she's Tim Riley. Sheriff. That was syndicated. So uh, let's uh, speak with uh, Joe Francis. We know him. He is a creative of Girls Gone Wild. He did some prison time. Now he's accused of bribing prison guards to make prison life easier for himself. You know, it's ridiculous. People have levied so many charges and accusations against me. Everything has been proven false all the way through. And. God, if you're going to bribe a jail guard, wouldn't you bribe one uh, get a couple girls? <laughs> get a couple girls or get out of jail? So Wouldn't that, that make more sense? So that stuff is not true, basically, what you're trying to say. Oh, it's, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's certainly uh, comical news or some prosecutor trying to make a name for himself. So, uh, come on. I know oh, he's unlikable. See, I was just going to say, I know I'm supposed to dislike that guy, but I just can't. I know you always like Try harder. Because he's because he, you know, he he's living the American dream. I know I'll photograph some nude chicks taking off their tops and then I'll sell it online. I mean, it's it's a simple dream, but it's one on which he's built a built a massive I empire. I can respect the dream. That doesn't mean I have to like the sound of his voice. I'm sure he's a sleazy guy in person. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, but uh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm Here's the thing about the girls gone wild uh videos is the, here's the amazing thing about Girls Gone Wild to me, is that it's such an obvious idea, and it's something you could have done 50 years ago. Uh, I mean, there's no reason why Girls Gone Wild had to come into being however long ago it came out, 15 years ago, something like that. But everybody probably remembers, you know, the first time they were when they were like, you know, you're watching TV late at night, and there's a, you know, girls who spring break, and they've gone wild, you're drunk, ah! you know, and then it's just like girls like going, woo, like pulling up their shirts. And you're going, wow, that is awesome. I should buy that right now. But the girls gone wild could have existed 30 years ago. There were no, I mean, same laws. I mean, as long as you sign a consent form and you say, sure, film me doing whatever. Uh, and then a guy films it and then they sell it. I mean, I guess they would have had to sell it out of the back of a magazine or something. They couldn't. Or buy it from Bob Crane. Or, or some. Oh, that, was, that was a different era, wasn't it? <laughs> buy it from Scotty Crane. Do you have any pictures of your dad humping on a coffee table? Maybe something uh, Maybe something with an elk's head at the end of it? He would have been proud that I'm selling these. <laughs> His words. <laughs> this is how dad would want it. Uh, okay. 
Broadcasting in standard definition. That was odd. That just sort of place. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's try it. Let's try another one of those. That was it was weird. It I was know like, it wasn't me this time, was it? Well, let's just blame the Internet. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up at seven o'clock, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian uh, coming up at eight. Our True Blood recap, ladies and gentlemen, which uh, I'm rewatching. It is the most ridiculous episode ever. Are you looking for the worst quote of the episode? I think I found it. All right. Straight ahead. More from Tim Riley. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. They attacked me like a bunch of mad wolf, and they stepped forward and thought I was going to die. Because they were like rabid animals. The Rick Emerson Show returns. from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Coming up at uh, 7 o'clock, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be here to recap the weekend box office at 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk about last night's episode of uh, True Blood. I have an exciting uh, theme song I put together here. I heard it. It's great. It's a uh, it's a zinky new music bed that will accompany our True Blood recap. Just, just when you think the show can get any better, it just <laughs> deviates into the trash that was last night. And so you're watching it now. You're looking for the worst quote from last night's episode. Yes, I believe I found it. All right. So I did. This is a thing I did. I didn't bother to put this up on the, uh, on the my Facebook page or anything last night. I, did, I think probably I will starting next week. I think it, I might actually start. I can't believe I'm saying this. I might actually start like a, uh, like sort of a separate, uh, what are those, like a separate Twitter thing that is just like, it, it, it would just be like True Blood quotes or something. Just so oh, like wow. every, well, I'm just saying so that everybody can sort of join in or maybe I'll just start like a thread every week That's at true. Facebook. I, I do feel bad for people who don't have True Blood in their lives. I just, because you and I are the only ones, because I think you probably came up with a different quote from last night than I did um, well, in terms of so the worst. Well, to pick from. There's the, uh, I actually pulled the sound from this one sequence last night that we'll play later on, just so everybody can uh, just appreciate the true mind-bending horror. And I'm so, and this I'm going to make this one observation about last night, and then that's it. We'll save the rest until eight o'clock. I'm just calling it right now. The guy who plays Bill can't act. He can't act his way out of a sack. Terrible, there's, terrible actor. I mean, there's there's that's a you know, you, dude, you, Greg, your uh, your friend, uh, the guy, the the guy that looks like he's from the. Looks like he's from a Clackamas brothel. That guy, he ought to be working on True Blood. He ought to take, that's a guy whose job he ought to take, is that guy, Bill. I mean, the guy's got the acting ability of a sponge. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. All right, at the uh, news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is 645. Today, temperatures will reach 102. 103 tomorrow. It's already 70. An extensive heat and smog advisory are in effect. We have to note that it's 102 today and 103 tomorrow. Like it makes any difference. Like once it's over 98 degrees, as though anything, like the difference between 103 and 105 is really going to be a deal breaker for somebody. It's just going to be, there really ought to just be a big uh, thing on the, you know, on the wall where the hand just goes to too hot. Uh, You know, there there should be a stay inside or don't stay inside uh, light that goes on. The American Red Cross says, slow down, eat more often, like it's not done on a regular day. Avoid strenuous activity after 7 o'clock, so you have uh, 14 more minutes to get outside and get some strenuous activity. Paul Simon says, slow down, you move too fast. You've got to make the morning last. Don't forget, a fan doesn't cool you off, it just spreads around the hot heat. That's right, it spreads germs, Tim. If you don't have a fan, wrap yourself in soaking wet sheets. (laughs) That's the way to beat the heat. For a minute, I thought you were going to uh, give completely false advice. Sort of, if you don't have a fan, put on a mink coat. Um, and also, here's the other thing. The 
the fan not only just spreads around hot air and filth, it actually raises the temperature of the room. That's the other thing people mm-hmm. don't realize. If you have a fan, it actually makes the room hotter because the engine puts off heat. A fan is useless. That's right. Invest in an air conditioner and do it now. You're all going to die. I'm sorry. That was probably one step too far. Here's Tim Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that's one step too much. <laughs> it's just in. CBS News says you're all going to die. <laughs> Uh, it's sort of a figurative. It's like a like a well, your it, special correspondence report. <laughs> <laughs> You're the uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta of CBS that's Radio. That's exactly what I am. Yes, they'll be offering me the Surgeon General spot any day now. Well, yesterday was the day that Sarah Palin said goodbye. I have been blessed to have been raised in this last frontier. Thank you for our home, Mom and Dad. Because in Alaska, it is not an easy living, but it is a good living. And here, it is impossible to lose your way, wherever the road may lead you. We have that steadying great North Star to guide us home. So let's all enjoy the ride. Is this a poem? Thank you, Alaska. God bless Alaska and God bless America. It's a bunch of talking points. No, but those aren't talking. There's a star to guide me home. Mom and Dad? Who is she talking to? Are there actual people there? Or was she like in an office and they were playing crowd I, I hear applause sound effects. Uh, all right. Uh, was she auditioning for the job of Poet Laureate or something? I, uh, that sounds like a... All right. Well, whatever. And uh, even though there are TV cameras, there are microphones everywhere, she blames the media for all her problems. <laughs> First, some straight awesome. talk for some... Just some in the media. I hate her voice. Because another right protected <laughs> for all of us is freedom of the press. And you have such important jobs reporting facts. Like standing and right in front of you right now. And exerting power <laughs> you know, to influence. Yeah, we're right down you here. represent what could and should be a respected, honest profession that here. could and should be a cornerstone of our democracy. Democracy depends on you. That's why our troops are willing to die for you. I don't so, he always brings in the troops dying. In honor of the her. American soldier, you quit making things in up. In honor of American <laughs> soldiers. Wow. Uh, yet the troops continue to applaud her. That's right, Tim. When they're not killing turkeys. <laughs> uh, well, just for old time's sake. We'll, uh, I'm a hockey mom from Alaska. There we Alaska. Go. We don't give a darn how they do it outside. A darn. All right. So there you go. So uh, the general consensus Alaska, is we don't give a darn how they do it outside. I'm a hockey mom from Alaska. What is the general consensus about what she's going to do? Is it? I, I mean, she might join Joe the Plumber. But I mean, I, I hope she starts her own talk show. See, that's that's the thing. Like a Jenny Jones kind of thing. People say, well, she's going to run in 2012, and that may be true. But the, but it's only 2009. Like she can't. There's not going to be up stumping now. She doesn't have the money if nothing else. So like. She's got like the rest of this year. She's got basically a year and a half to kill before she can do anything. I mean, she can't really do much until 2011, it seems to me. So the question then is, like, what is she going to spend the next? She's got that book coming out. So that she'll be able to wring like a good three or four months of publicity out of the book. But she's, is she going to leave? Because she doesn't give a hoot what the bottom 48 states think of her. That's right, Tim. She only cares She's about only Alaska. selling it in Alaska. Palin and pals. That's right. The I... Uh, the, but, I mean, she must have some plan. I mean, she doesn't... Not necessarily. I don't know. I can't figure out if she's smart or not. That's this the thing. This is a family like, that doesn't plan. <laughs> they, uh, you, uh, she doesn't... 
she doesn't have like book learning, but she does. She is cunning, though. Let's put it that way. She is sort of crafty. Yeah. She does seem to have. She seems to not be as sharp as she used to be, though. I but I don't know. She See, I don't. Vacation. I don't know if that's true because, as Tim pointed out, clearly just a you know just the vast mouth breathing uh, swaths of America continue to applaud for her. So, and admittedly, maybe it's not too hard to dazzle those folks. But it, but by the same token, she must have. She knows something. Because she knows how to sort of keep those guys in her corner. Well, so, well there is no short, shortage of, you know, uh, non-book-learning white people breeding. So I, so I wonder, even within her own family. So I wonder if she does have some sort of grand scheme, though. Uh, if she does know what she's going to be doing for the next 18 months. In other words, does she plan it out or does she really just go by the seat of her pants like from day to day, week to week? And I just don't know. Because I don't know if she has any advisors or if it's, if it's just her and that weird, you know, slack-jawed husband of hers. All right. Uh, this says, Rick, fans work as long as you put them by an open window at night. They then suck in the cold air from outside and push it into your house. I suppose, although if it's like 103 outside, you got to wonder if it's if it, that's even worthwhile. Like right it, now, the air is stagnant. And there's a smog advisory in effect. What is the temperature outside right now? 70. 70 degrees. Jesus. So I think that only works if the outside is demonstrably cooler than the inside. This says, uh, Rick, an engine on a fan. Do you mean a motor? What's the difference? Motor, engine, it's anybody? the same thing. I think they're the same thing. They're just being more technical. Sir, I don't take kindly to your corrections. You're just talking to plain folks. That's right. All right. Uh, straight ahead, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will uh, join us for a recap of the weekend box office. Coming up at 8 o'clock, uh, we have your uh, True Plood recap for today and another pair of Motley Crew tickets coming up every hour. Stay there. We're live from Portland, Oregon. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. From beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It is Monday. Tim Riley, what headlines are we working on on this uh, Monday morning? Temperatures may reach 102 degrees today. Beware, especially the elderly. A scholar and a cop will meet the president at the White House for a beer. Hillary says she doesn't want to run for president again. Jennifer Lopez, there's a name for the past. She is shooting down rumors that she'll replace Paula Abdul. By the way, did you uh, see that story that happened, I don't know, maybe a week or ten days ago? We didn't really talk much about it, which is strange given our predilection for talking about horrific injuries, that Hillary Clinton broke her elbow. Oh. Yes. See, that's yes. right there, that little no. cringing motion you're doing right there. That's exactly what elbows. I did. <laughs> and every single time I would see that, and Drudge had it on the front page for like five, six, seven, eight, nine days. And, it's like I w- and it got to the point where I would load up the Drudge Report and I would... Did you ever do this? You ever go to a web page and you literally lift up your hand and cover it because you're blocking something? You're like, I don't want to know anything else. I don't want to know about this rash that he keeps. That he keeps. You know, this, I don't want to know about this flesh-eating virus that he keeps highlighting. And there was this picture of Hillary Clinton with her arm in a sling, and it said "broken elbow" underneath it, and it just made me. I mean, I, just, I would just sort of flinch back from the screen every time I saw it. There's, something, there's just things on your body that, I mean, I guess nothing's really supposed to break. There's certain breakages I just don't want to know about. There's, uh, you know, it's like a guy, he's, some guy's a broken ass or something. I just, I don't need to hear about that. That's I don't think you can break that. No, no, see, that's not. You can not, break your tailbone. Now, see, that's another thing I don't need to hear about. Cause uh, then, and then you got to. My friend sit, did that and it was not a happy. And then you got to sit on one of those like inflatable ass donut th- things. Or you know, isn't that the deal? You have to if you break your tailbone or you bruise something there. You have to. Isn't that the thing? You, oh, yeah. you have to sit, sit on a big inflatable donut ring thing, and, and then that's everybody ridicules. That just never heals. No, I mean, and it, no, and if you're a man, 
uh, like you only have to, you could just be emasculated by sitting at, oh, I've got to sit on this inflatable, I've got to sit on this huge lifesaver. Um, or you can just continue to sit on a broken tailbone, which even just the words coming out of my mouth are just like the worst thing ever. So, anyway. Well, I'm always careful not to break that. No, the whole broken ass thing, that's a whole separate, this whole awful, like, uh, Jenny Jones thing about that some time ago. Well, in any event. So, welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from the Oregonian. Christy Turnquist, pop culture uh, editor, writer, reporter, anchor, uh, pundit, raconteur extraordinaire. Hello, how are you today? Well, I'm I'm busy according to that job description. Well, you know, we're doing uh, we're doing more with less, Christy, and you are an able woman of many many talents. That's so true. Are you keeping cool? Because you know what with the heat and all here in Portland, Oregon. Yes. Well, you know, it's. Do you have air conditioning? I do have air conditioning, but I always feel guilty when I turn it on. Oh, don't! Oh, quit! Don't. Seriously, the, you're do. an American. Walk tall. <laughs> Act proud. Keep that air conditioner running day and night. I'll tell you, I was I was really torn the last time we had one of these little heat spells. I was agonizing about whether I should turn on the air conditioning, and what finally tipped me over into turning on the air conditioning... Was it the heat? No. It was watching my poor cat suffer. Wow. Wow. I know. (laughs) White person. I I know. Let's just well, back up. You do for it a just second. as much for your dogs as you do yourself. No, well, no, no, no. Well, no, 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 no. Let's have no illusions about this. A, I would, in fact, I do air condition the house uh, for my dog if I'm not going to be around and if it's going to be inordinately hot. Now, that's not just if it's going to be a little bit warm because I figured, you know, because here's the thing about Max, especially this, uh, the older dog, is that because I know everybody wants to know the details of my pet life. Oh, yeah. Um, is that. Sometimes, like late into um, late into spring, if the heat happens to kick on for some reason automatically in the house, he'll go lay in front of it. So he's uh, he's sort of an honorary old person. It's like I expect him to. One of these days, I'm going to come home and there's going to be a note with a paw print in the middle of it, and say, "Have moved to Tampa." Uh, you know, <laughs> th- thanks for all the biscuits. Got to go. Uh, so he like it can never be warm enough for him. So, but if it's inordinately hot, I will turn on the air conditioner. But I won't. But it's not like to keep the house at like 71 or something. It'll be like 75, 76. Uh, you know, just to sort of keep it at a, at a livable uh, temperature. Yeah. Is there a Cylon alarm going off somewhere in the studio? What is that strange noise? I don't know. There's a beeping. Com- oh, I like the sound of this. There's a, yes. there's a like mysterious. The, is there a bomb? Stand by. There's a mysterious beeping uh, coming from underneath one of the control panels here in the studio. What is that? The beeping appears to be getting faster. Uh, should we all evacuate? Hold on. We should all be quiet. Can we mic, can we mic the beeping? Hold on a second. Let's see if we can get him. What do you, the battery for what, Greg? Now it sounds like crickets. All right, is it the backup so is, for the... Is it something I can turn off? All right, is it a thing we can turn off, do you suppose? No, we just have to live with it. All right, okay. excellent. All right. Let's just move forward. Well, whatever it is, it'll die pretty what? soon. Okay. All right, <laughs> da-da. Uh, the, in any event, so... Uh, but so I will turn on the air conditioner if I think the dog is going to get way too hot. But have no illusions. I turn that thing on for me as well uh, because air conditioning is what sets us apart from the savages uh, of this world. Christy Turnquist, air conditioning is what makes America great. Why do you wait? Why the guilt with the air conditioner? Please to explain. Well, like what would you possibly be guilty about? Well, I'll tell you. You know, growing up in Portland, which I did, there's so few days out of the year where it really gets this hot. That the idea of turning on air conditioning seems like surrendering, you know? It's like you got to be tough. So it's not that very it's... few hot days. Why not just soldier on through them? So it's not that you find the air conditioner to be wasteful as such, that you feel like it's giving up. You feel like it's... Yes. Uh, you feel like it, uh... I, I share your assessment with that. See, yes. and, and that's, uh, you know, I, to me, living in this proud republic means uh, comfort. It means comfort at the push of a button. It means that I can go buy any variety of snack foods anytime, day or night. 
It means I wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I decide I need the, you know, I, I need a bag of Funyuns and I need to be able to go buy some uh, radial tires somewhere. There's a place that I can go buy them. You know why? America. So, and so it is with air conditioning. And plus, and I can't speak for it, like, I, I suspect Tim is this way, though, because Tim lived in Southern California. And it's like, you go through summers in Southern California where it's like you walk outside and you feel as though your epidermis has just been burned yeah. off. Nothing like September at Van Nuys. <laughs> when, when you're wrapped in a body cast from a bicycle accident. <laughs> wow. Wow. You sit there scratching yourself with a bent-up <laughs> coat hanger for three months. Boy, give him a scratching stick. I got, I got me a lesion. Uh, sitting there jabbing yourself with something pointy, desperately wishing that you could reach the small of your back. Uh, and no insurance. Standing in line at General Hospital at 7.30 to be admitted at 4.55 p.m. <laughs> Pardon me, I've got a broken pelvis. Do you suppose I could sit down? Uh, okay, fine. All right. Can I, is there something I can lean on, at least? Uh, for the love of God, please help me. Wow. Um, do they have to... Um, how do I put this? I don't mean this the way that it sounds, Tim. When they put you in the body cast, do they have to shave anything? I mean, do they have to, like, shave your... Not your back, I guess. But you know what I mean? Do they have no, to, like... but I did get a shot in the posterior. Really? Whether I liked it. Everybody did. Once they will you in, they turn you over, and the woman goes like an assembly line, giving everyone a shot in the butt. It's like a door Hundreds prize. Hundreds of people, yes. That's where they start. It's the... Uh, it's I just, don't know what it's for. It's just required. <laughs> it's like one of those things where, you know, everybody who enters the sweepstakes wins something, even if yeah. it's just like a sample box of Tide. Uh, <laughs> You win a shot on the ass. So, but is you know because you have, like a friend of mine had a cast on his leg and they shaved his leg beforehand. You know because I guess it's got a bond or something or the hair gets in the way or whatever. Um, but then of course it's always in the middle of summer and he's sweating and then the hair is growing back and as you pointed out you can't really ever get your hand underneath there and there's always an itchy spot like halfway down the cast and you're just like okay come on and it's and, always when you're sitting in a big crowd of people where there's no place to go. <laughs> Pardon me, hold on, I've just, uh, I seem to have this swarm of aphids uh, right uh, in the middle of my spine. Hold on just one second here. So there's, yeah, so there's that. But once you have lived through some situation like that, you will never go without air conditioning again. That's correct. You will make a vow to yourself. And Christy and I were talking about this during the, uh, during the break in the kitchen. After living through, I mean, I guess it would have been 1990. Two, I think it was this summer that I was living, and I wasn't even living in any place where it was necessarily all that warm. It was in Spokane, which is not, you know, which is a little bit of a, a desert climate, but not anything like my hometown. But it was, you know, one of those things where it's the hottest summer since 1904 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm uh, living in this an apartment, and it's this apartment that I paid $75 a month for. So it was just as wow. spacious and plush <laughs> as you as you might imagine. And I mean, the apartment was brick. It was like it was basically cinder blocks. So it's like been, an oven. Yeah, but it had been you painted over. Pizza in there. It was an, it, concrete walls, a metal roof, and it was just a room. I mean, it was it was really I was basically living in like a storage shed. I mean, that's more or less what it was. Um, and in fact, when I answered the ad in the paper, I was, cause I was living this, with this, this woman, I was renting a room at this woman's house and I just had to get out because I was, one of us was going to kill the other. And it was like one of those, you know, I, I couldn't afford a lawyer, so I had to get a new place. Ooh. And I found the, uh, ad in the paper it was like apartment, you know, studio apartment, $75. And even in like 1991, that was not much money. And I called the guy and I go, I'm looking for your uh, apartment. And the guy actually, you could tell that he knew how bad it was. And he didn't want there to be any sort of like, like he wanted there to be like a caveat emptor thing. And he goes, um, look, you saw you saw that it's seventy five dollars a month, right? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he goes, well, OK, hey, come on down. He gave me the address and I went out and it was in the, the, the Spokane, the East Valley, right near a bunch of porn stores, which is not nearly as glamorous as I'm making it sound. Mm. Um, 
Anyway, but it was just a box. It was just a sweat box, as Henry Rollins would say. And it just sucked. It sucked beyond belief. And it was so hot. And, of course, there's no air conditioning that the only way I could get to sleep is I would just take off all my clothing. I would just be completely nude. I would soak a towel in the bathtub, put the towel over myself, and then point a box fan at myself from, like, six inches away, which, you know, cooled me off and then had the added bonus of giving me pneumonia. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, All right, straight ahead, we'll talk about the weekend box office. And uh, coming up later on this hour, more news from Tim Riley, including a Geek Watch. Plus, 8 o'clock, we'll bring our True Blood recap. We're here with uh, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Don't go anywhere. We return next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Monday morning. Stay there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Ricky Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, so that alarm that was going off in the studio stopped. Yeah, but I guess it's going to start again. So it wasn't like a, that wasn't like some sort of radon uh, warning or something. We may never know the truth. (laughs) Come on, let's be honest. We don't know what these boxes do. Police say they heard the alarm but chose not to leave the studio. Program director Chris Paddock had this to say. I don't know. I uh, just came in and they were all dead and bloated. I lost the feeling in my legs. (laughs) Okay. It's 503-228-4101. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, uh, things bad that can happen to you. So I was mentioning earlier, uh, you were talking about Tim being in a cast while it's uh, hot outside. You get you're stuck inside a body cast. And I was mentioning that that guy in TV I saw who had a broken ass. This guy says, Rick, uh, you don't necessarily have to break something for the, uh, there to be cringing misery. Uh, this guy said he, he's had a... I shouldn't laugh at this. And I'm really not laughing. I'm just... It's just sort of a, well, there, but for the grace of, you know, groin health go I... It's a six-year ongoing groin pull injury. So that's a thing that, I mean, wherever you are right now, whatever it is you're doing, whatever your Monday morning might hold for you, you can at least stop and you can look up at the God of your understanding and in a golden ray of illumination sake, thank God I'm not that guy. So there you go. You're not indeed. Uh, we're here with Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, and I'm thrilled to be following, you know, discussion of groin pulls. Well, see, so by comparison, everything you say will now be uh, mellifluous and, uh, and, and, and life-affirming. Yes, life-affirming, uplifting, and, and day-brightening. What is, uh, what is up with the... Uh, the box office this weekend. There wasn't. Well, was there anything really notable that came out? You know, it depends on how enthusiastic you are about guinea pigs. Well, the answer is very enthusiastic, yeah. Christy. Yeah, because there was G Force, which pulled, which was kind of a surprise that it came in first. People were thinking that Harry Potter might hang on to the number one spot for a second week, but no, the trained guinea pigs who are secret government spies rose to oh, the top. Okay. And are, it's in 3D, too. Are these... Well, of course, because now everything must be everything, in 3D. because they can charge more for the tickets. I'm kind of surprised that Harry Potter wasn't put out in 3D, actually, because I think Order yeah. of the Phoenix was. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, when Order of the Phoenix came out, I think there were certain... But it was like that IMAX... Mm. You know, like you go to the... Uh, yeah. Like Willy Wonka was that way, when you the, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. Well, the Tim actually, Burton one. Yeah, they're adding some IMAX showings to Harry Potter this week, because Transformers had been tying up the IMAX theater, so... Perhaps Harry Potter will get a box office boost from its IMAX showing. I think that, that the Harry Potter is going to have it's going to have legs though. It's going to outlast because I, maybe it's because uh, we don't have uh, uh, children and so forth. But I hadn't even the, the first I heard about the the singing, dancing, world saving groundhogs, whatever, uh, was when 
was when the news came out this morning that it was number one at the box office. So I had that. That was a thing from which I was effectively shielded due to my child-free lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so that's number one. What else? Yeah, so then we've got Harry Potter and the second week box office tumble coming in number two. It did drop, you know, 60-odd percent, but, you know, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's going to hang on there. And then, uh, surprisingly, in third in third place was a pretty good performance for The Ugly Truth, which is this week's generically titled romantic comedy. It made $27 million, which is considered pretty good and makes it look really, really likely that Katherine Heigl is going to bail out of Grey's Anatomy as soon as she possibly can. Now, I, boy, you want to talk about a show that I just pulled the ripcord on. Me too. Like, about six episodes in. I, Laura I like and I, ridiculous shows, and that one just seemed really stupid. Well, I hung in for a couple seasons, but this season I totally, Couldn't you know, bailed. I, Laura wanted to watch it, which is, I guess, and it is, as they say, a female skewing show. But I thought, you know, well, whatever. I, uh, you know, I want to. Who am I to turn? Who am I to shun something simply because it's for the fairer sex? So I decided about two episodes in that it was crap. Uh, <laughs> at least, I, it, look, and I'm not. It, it's not like the stuff I watch is all. Not like it all has to be, uh, you know, like Playhouse ninety or something. I, you know what? It, I, I'm just saying. Look, there's a, there's a place for crap. It was just not necessarily my style. I decided at the end of the second episode, I'm like, oh God, why am I watching this? And did you ever do this? You're sitting there and you're watching something awful, and you're, the other person is there, and you're thinking to yourself, Oh my God, they seem to be liking this. I don't. They're still watching it. I, I. I don't know. I have to reconsider everything I thought I knew about them. Yeah. And then, then, thankfully, the moment arrives where they reveal that they also think it's terrible. And then it's like the biggest sense of relief. Because for a moment, it's like you thought you were dating a genetic defective. True. That's so a that, lonely, lonely moment. That was my thing with Grey's Anatomy. All right. So that's uh, three. That's three. And then number four was, again, a pretty obscure little number called Orphan. It's another one of these thrillers about evil children. Oh, it's like another creepy chick with black eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And But it does have Peter Sarsgaard, who I, you know, oh, have liked. so dreamy. Me. I have liked him so much ever since he was like Zach Braff's stoner buddy in Garden State. He's got a big beefy head, though. His head looks like it. it oh, he has a big, beautiful head. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm fond of Peter Sars. He kind of looks like he a doesn't know it, but... Fisher Price man, though. He's got like the little narrow body and then like the huge uh, bulbous head. He was going so on. sexy in Skeleton Key when he had the accent. He was. He's a Louisiana lawyer. Oh, what a bad movie that was. Have so. you seen? Uh, here's. You want to see a movie with? You don't. <laughs> but know, I did watch it because he was in it. If you want to see a good Peter Sarsgaard film, he was in Jarhead, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was in Jarhead, and that he was also really good in a movie called Shattered Glass. And if you have not seen Shattered oh, Glass, that's terrific. Shattered Glass is one of the most nerve-wracking films you were uh, you'll ever seen. But he was really good in that, though. Don't get me wrong. Shattered Glass is a great film. It's just so stressful that I almost never. I I watched it a second time because I wanted Lara to see it, and then I sort of made a vow like I'm never watching this again because it was just too. It was too nerve-wracking and to that's, sit through. That's, I mean, that's the one about the guy who made up the stories Hayden for the New Republic. Christensen, it's who... Like, it's, it's only good performance. And, like, who knew he could act? Well, yeah. it's like you just get him away from Lucas. That's the problem. Lucas is like talent be gone. Yeah. Lucas is sort of like... Uh, Lucas is like some sort of a bleaching agent for ability. You know what I mean? Where you just... He's like... Um, Lucas is like a box of baking soda uh, really that you put is. in the fridge and it just removes all the odor. It's like, hold on, let me put this next to somebody who has ability. <laughs> ah, it's gone. Oh, your tasty ability. And, you know, and yeah. he's just sucked it out of you. Yeah, he so, did that to Ewan McGregor, too, who's also really good. You know who I saw an interview with this weekend? Jake Lloyd, who played uh, Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace. You want to talk about a guy who hates George Lucas and that movie, by the way. They had, what do you think about that? He's, F that movie. It sucks. And well, he can get in line behind me. Yeah, he's yeah he's a bitter bastard about that film. <laughs> uh, so that's number four. And then number five was Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, more family fare. Uh, I'm for yeah. whatever keeps John Leguizamo employed. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. Bit of a soft spot there. Yeah. Uh, and so you, and I want to be real clear on this because I don't want to ask you something that you don't, you are not watching True Blood, correct? This is correct because uh, when it started, it was one of those periods where I didn't have HBO and then I was trying to, I was thinking, you know, should I, should I start? So I dipped in ever so briefly to the season two premiere and I caught this steamy sex scene between Anna Paquin and that Dolesville guy, Bill. And I just thought this guy is so unattractive. He has zero charisma. He's like a he's like a stick of wood. Oh, it's there's like nothing a, attractive about him. Yeah, it's like watching a potted plant try to <laughs> it act. Really is, you know. And I mean, I I am all about the vampires, hunky vampire guys. They don't have to go very far to you know make me want to watch. But he was he was the opposite of that. Hey, can I ask no, you this but question? Eric is there too. <laughs> uh, did, just, oh. Let me just let me just ask you this question real quickly about about uh, hot steamy vampire dudes. Somebody raised this question last week, so I can't take credit for this. Somebody emailed me this question. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Now, I know that our True Blood recap isn't until 8, but I'm just going to just a little bit of a preview no, we here. Can't, we can't not talk about it. I mean, didn't Okay, first of all, did, who was it that just said that what is it, that, uh, that Bill and Thookie uh, are, are dating in real life? Anna Paquin and whatever that they guy. They have been. Supposedly, she was um, she broke up a seven-year relationship. Yes. Really? Yes. Well, you know, but they have, they have like zero chemistry on the screen. I mean, they just there's no, I do not for a moment believe that they actually are in love with each other like on in on screen as characters it's, yeah. just, it's completely unconvincing so it just is, and it's especially weird if they're dating in real life because isn't, isn't the twilight couple dating in real life isn't that the deal with them they're uh, trying to convince us that they are but i'm not so sure all right you think it's a front eh. anyway but so my thing about vampire sex is this no i mean you know i get i get the sort of uh i get the sort of appeal there and i speak for most of my geeky brother when i say hot vampire chicks yes big thumbs up from me but this email last week pointed out something I hadn't thought of, which is if you're having sex with a hot vampire guy who is presumably, you know, dead, aren't you having sex with a guy whose body is going to be ice cold? Yeah. Yes, this comes up in Twilight, actually. Does it really? Where, like you're... Yeah. Not that they're having sex. I mean, yet, it's, but... you know, it, it's, you're, I mean, his body is, I mean, his body is just going to be room temperature. So, I mean, if, if the room temperature is like 72, 73 degrees, you're having sex with a guy whose body is 72 degrees. Which has got to be uncomfortable, and I would imagine kind of icky. Mm-hmm. Might I mean, is on there a day like this though? But is there some sort of, <laughs> you know, is there like some sort of like hot vampire, I don't know, metabolic response or something that sort of eliminates that in certain sections of his body? I can't imagine. I'm just from my male perspective. I'm imagining, uh, you know, the inverse of that. If you're having relations with some hot chick who is also, uh, you know, well, like 25 degrees colder than you were. And the gross thing to think about, too, is like when vampires cry, at least in true blood, they cry blood. So they cry cold blood. Cold blood, but I mean, but what, a, like, Ooh. is blood a substitute for... Oh, why oh. did I even have to say that? Oh. I was just thinking. Well, you know, there's some, I'll Ooh. guarantee you there's some fanfic online that'll answer that question for oh, you. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm a, I'll, yeah. I'll absolutely guarantee you right now. You go, I, I'll tell you what, in fact... <laughs> I'll tell you, okay, here's the thing. Before we break, I'm going to do this. We'll do a little guarantees here. Sarah Dillon has posited, posited, postulated. She's asked this question. <laughs> in True Blood, if blood is the replacement for vampire's tears, which I do think is a cool effect, by the way. Mm. Oh, uh, that looks really neat. And when that Jessica chick cries and it's like she cries blood, it's... Yes, you like her even more. I'm just saying, that's <laughs> that's about as hot as it gets. Um, so if vampires cry blood, Sarah Dillon's question is, is blood a replacement for other, um, I believe that that can be answered yes or no by fan fiction within about 30 seconds. So when, as soon as we, uh, as soon as we uh, go to the song here, you and I should look it up 
and we should have like 30 seconds on the clock to see if we can find an answer for that. Okay. Uh, or however long that, and then we'll have the answer on the other side. Okay, sounds good. All right, so there you go. Christy Turnquist, what's coming up in the Oregonian? Ah, uh, gosh, uh, a garden of earthly delights. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you lots go. of stuff I'm working on. Reader and print in the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. Christy Turnquist, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next, the answer to that horrifying yet strangely compelling question. Uh, Tim Riley has the news as well, plus Motley Crue tickets on the way. You stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Well, who can disagree? Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you Eating for the way us. the Lord meant it to be. That's right, Tim. Coming up at 8 o'clock, coming up at 8 o'clock uh, we'll have our True Blood recap. And don't forget, we're giving away a pair of tickets to see Crew Fest 2 every hour uh, today. So uh, you want to be listening every single hour. Giving away a pair of Crew Fest 2 tickets. You can also win online at KUFO.com. KUFO.com. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 745 from the CBS News Center. Today, temperatures have reached 102 degrees, 103 tomorrow, and 104 Wednesday. An excessive heat and smog advisory is in effect. Beware. You're told to close your curtains to keep the heat outside. And... Plant some trees on the south side of your house to create shade. Why not do it now while it's fresh in your memory? Go outside today at right around noon, for example. What you want to do is you want to be doing a lot of heavy yard work today while the sun is directly overhead. Don't worry about water. Save that till later after you're done planting you can, you trees. Can wrap yourself in cold sheets as you're doing it. <laughs> But plant those trees now wrap to your, create some shade. Wrap yourself in cold, in cold sheets and sawdust, won't you? All right. Does it really say to plant trees? Yes, it does. All right. Plant trees on the south side of your house to create shade and do it now. Yeah, I'll get right on that. There are other things going on. For instance, over the weekend, prospective urban chicken raisers were treated to an informational seminar. Portland's Tour de Coupes offered residents tips on raising chickens in the city. A real chicken coop was raffled off. And free informational chicken booklets were distributed. Chicken booklets. Is that like a chicken cutlet, except it's, uh, except it's sort of like feathered out? I guess you had to be there. It's cut into smaller slices. I just, uh, I don't need the whole book. I just need like a chicken booklet. Uh, the, well. More okay. and more Portlanders are raising chickens when sort of in their yards. Collate my thoughts. Well, first of all, urban chicken is just kind of a funny phrase because that, bless you, sir. That reminds me of urban chick, uh, chipmunk, which was the, uh, that was the sort of chipmunk take on the urban cowboy craze. That's the album that had that coward of the county thing on it. Also, this. So, my wife uh, goes to see a friend of hers yesterday. Laura goes to see this uh, woman that we know who does, she has, like, she lives in sort of a, like, in the outskirts. Uh, so it's a little bit, it's not quite like she's right here in the heart of the city, but she, you know, they raise chickens and whatever. And so Lara comes home with, like, these chickens that are from the farm. And the weird thing is, and I don't know if this is normal or not, because I'm used to just seeing... These are real-life chickens she came home with. They're actual, no, 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 she didn't bring home chickens, but she goes to visit the friend. Oh, I see. And the friend says, hey, why don't you take some eggs home? Lara's like, hey, no problem, fine. So she brings home eggs, and it, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm like an idiot city kid, so I don't know anything about anything. But Lara brings the eggs home, and some of them are green, or have like a greenish sort of hue to them. And I don't know if that's, uh, is that like a natural thing, do you, do you suppose? Is that, a, uh, is that a thing that eggs are supposed to be? Green? Not to mind, maybe those are those green chickens that people They have like about. a greenish cast to them. 
Well, and I know because like yolk sometimes can be greenish. Yeah, this was like the shell, the and it wasn't themselves. like spotted. It was like the shell had an all over sort of greenish hue. But I mean, they weren't like they weren't old. Like they had just been, you mm. know, they were from like the day before or something. I don't know. So. That make me kind of nervous. Maybe, See, the chi- I, maybe the chickens inside so need to clean it. And I just don't. I have no idea. And then you realize that you just, you know, you spent your whole life just getting uh, things from the uh, from the store, where undoubtedly there's some guy in the back who's, you know, in charge of egg bleaching or whatever. By the way. Let's move off from the awkward subject of egg bleaching onto the subject of vampire relations. So before we went into the break, Sarah had um, Sarah was wondering. She was speculating about uh, vampires, uh, Twilight, True Blood, uh, etc. And uh, if on Twilight, for example, if the vampires cry tears, so when the vampires cry, there's it's like blood because they don't have. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have water or something. But and then again, their saliva's clear. You know, what I was going to say, now that it does, it, this makes no sense now that I think about it, because the bodies clearly have water. Because, uh, because I mean, I guess it's wrong of me to try to, like, sort of insert a lot of science into the show. But you would like to think that they're at least sort of consistent with their own mythology. Well, I guess then the insides of their mouths would be bloody all the time. That's see, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like your your tongue is basically full of uh, you know, and their your, eyeballs would be bloody. Your just be a big walking, just be a big walking pile <laughs> of hemoglobin. Uh, so, uh, so if if they don't have uh, water or you know whatever in their bodies, if everything that would be water in a human is made out of uh, is blood in a vampire, which is why they cry tears. Your thing was that if uh, if Bill and Thucky okay. uh, were having relations, uh, would any uh, of uh, would any other elements of Bill's essence? be uh bloody yeah sort of like replaced with Folger's crystals but with blood and i said that the answer was to be found in fan fiction um and did you find it so i went online and i went to the, uh, unsurprisingly there are there are in fact like five or six different web pages are nothing but true blood uh fanfic which is sort of where and fanfic is where uh you'll get you know like some house frau who's chain smoking and writing her own like supplemental chapters to the bill and sookie story and this exists with everything especially in the realm of sci-fi fantasy uh, where fans uh, just sort of take the characters and start creating their own adventures. But most of it just turns unbelievably perverse, like from jump. Like right out of the gate, everybody's just, you know, humping it out on a roof somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at all this True Blood fan fiction, and I couldn't find a definitive answer. So I, how do I put this? I augmented my Google search with a couple um, specific Gross terms. Phrases. With a couple revolting phrases that I never thought I would be typing. You're going to be sent to CBS. Seriously, like <laughs> things you never thought you would type into Google. Uh, and, and sure enough, the answer came back. It says, uh, let's see, this says, can vampire, well, uh, we'll go with the tame one. It says, can vampires get women pregnant? And this is a specifically, uh, this is a true blood oriented forum here. This is mm-hmm. just for true blood. A woman named Sarah says, whenever Bill and Sookie have the sex, I always wonder, do vampires, um, you know, does that, uh, does that element of the, um, Act of love take place, and if mm. so, is it like uh, with a with a with a human? Human? Um, does anyone <laughs> have an answer to this? Vampire. I am a, a vampire. A, apparently, according to the books that the series is based on, vampires cannot get a, a human chicks pregnant. So the answer would presumably be no. That there is no essence to speak of. Well, then... Because it would just be gross. I Look, that's the other reason why you know it's not true. Can you imagine... Look, I, I don't mean to be work blue here, or perhaps red, but can you imagine you're... You're I having mean, sex with a corpse already. Yeah, but he's got a lot of personality. Well, not Bill <laughs> no, himself. Not Bill. But I mean, you know, some of them. It, the, it, it just, I cannot imagine 
We're talking about True Blood again, and we're supposed to wait. I'm just saying, I mean, look, I know that you're supposed to be using a rubber, like, all the time, always, anyway. But, I mean, especially if you're if the guy who's just full of blood. I mean, let's be honest. Even you, in the vampire world. <laughs> I'm just saying that's... You know there's going to be an episode with, like, special vampire condoms. That's a whole lot of cleaning you don't want to do. Oh. I mean, that's just... Well, there, you know what I... Uh, there'll probably be a disclaimer before the episode. I'm not, I'm not trying to be revolting, but... <laughs> you, you know how kids You're a be. chick, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's just you, that's a... you. No, because then you just got to go to the shower and jump up and down a whole lot. And it's just, you know, you just don't want to. All right, here's Tim Riley. Where were we? I don't know. All right, let's do one more here and then we'll uh, take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll do our New reports recap. claim that Michael Jackson's entire nose was missing from his face oh, when wow. taken to the Los Angeles morgue. <laughs> there was a small dark hole oh my. surrounded by bits of cartilage. A small dark hole surrounded by bits of cartilage. According to those at the county morgue who wish not to be quoted. Uh, Jackson allegedly wore a prosthetic nose to hide the horrifying effects of his plastic surgery abuse. He was notoriously shy about it. Well, isn't this yet another thing, though, that, that we sort of heard from that urban autopsy legend. report? Well, but it's urban legend, but then for that autopsy report, nose? which then, that's a really good question. Where is Michael, I don't care about his brain so much as where is Michael Jackson's prosthetic nose? I'll be on eBay. That's a really good question, Tim. I wonder Craigslist. if he had a variety of noses. Backstage, like what if he was, for every occasion. Seriously, if he was sort of backstage, you know, I'm just, wear my business nose today. And, you know, like uh, like Judy Garland looking at a variety of wigs on on styrofoam heads, just going, "What shall I wear for tonight's performance?" What could have been like Velcro? Just, I, I would imagine <laughs> easy on and easy off. So I'm so, <gasps> what? Omg! Oh, don't say that. I have the best idea ever. Thank God it's Monday. Are you being sarcastic there? No, I'm Is that not. A little bit of uh, a little bit of sass that I'm no. getting for the other. Uh, okay, I'm just saying. Uh, who wants to hear my best idea ever? Or I'll make you wait now. You're not going to get it. See now, you mock the genius. You have to wait for it. You're not going to get the. I have the seriously. I get a thing. Make a billion dollars. Literally a billion dollars. That's straight ahead. Plus the wait. The True Blood recap. Right there, right there. We're live from Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, every hour, KUFO is giving away a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2, which uh, happens tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow night, Motley Crew, Godsmack, Theory of a Dead Band, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils. It happens tomorrow at Clark County Amphitheater. Tickets still available. Go to KUFO.com for details, and we're going to be uh, giving away a pair of those every hour, including this hour. Now, this is just for demonstration purposes. Please uh, do not call at the sound of the Lambert. Woman! Yeah, but that right there, like if you hear that later on, not not so much now. But if you were to hear that later, uh, when you hear the sound of the Lambert, you'd be caller 10 at 503-228-4101 when you hear that later uh, this hour, and you'll win yourself a, a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking on this Monday morning? They're going to install 17,000 solar panels along 205. Cash for Clunkers is creating some foot traffic at car dealers, and... Sarah Palin is blaming Hollywood for ruining Alaska. Really? Is she? <laughs> All right, because it was such wow. a because uh, it was such a happening place beforehand. Yeah. All right. Just one moment. We'll uh, begin our True Blood uh, recap. I should just I'll just fold this into it. Let me go ahead and find the uh, where's my. Uh... All right. 
Just a couple of emails to start this off. Rick, don't forget, Angel got Darla pregnant. That's, uh, that's a Buffy slash Angel reference. Yeah, it's a different canon, though, sir. The, uh, let's see, what else do we have here? This says, as long as you're being, as long as you're being sick and creepy, why don't you talk about vampire women and their cycle, huh? Huh? I don't. Oh. I don't think so. No. Well, I, I just assume that's kind of a, a an all the time uh, sort of a deal. But uh, what do I know? Are you well, serious? I, just, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really ever. This is like that whole discussion in Mallrats where they're talking about um, about Superman having relations with Lois Lane, and the sort of the sort of horrific uh, trauma that might ensue at that point. I mean, you got a kid punching right through your uterus. I mean, you don't want that. Well, then I give up. Uh, all right, so uh, Sarah Dillon, where should we begin uh, our True Blood recap? Do you want to do you want to take the, the lead? Well, what should we talk about? I mean, just the ridiculousness of last night. Should, should we just go along the separate storylines? I got a list of thoughts. Here's what I've done. I just bullet pointed a list of thoughts from last night's True Blood episode, and then I pulled one soundbite. And I was unclear about whether it was going to be um, find the worst quote from the episode or whether it was going to be a sort of a contest, like a is it True Blood or is it porn? So the, so the quote that I pulled, the sound I pulled from last night actually works for both. But I'll just I'll go through my thoughts. Okay, uh, and I just pulled one that I think is the worst quote of last night. This is the, the, from the episode you're from saying? From the episode, yes. All right. Well, here are my thoughts. Uh, and this is the only character's name who's escaping me. What is the name of the chick that is, that is uh, getting it on with Sam Merlot? The chick Daphne. who turns into a... Uh, Daphne. Uh-huh. By the way, spoilers, lost. Spoiler, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're going to be talking about last night, so... Hey, sir, it's a, it's, a, it's a recap. If you don't know that a recap means spoilers, that's your own problem, friend. I had no idea that she was going to be the pig. Hello. Hold on. Something just started there. Where is that like coming, coming from? Was that me? Oh, no. You know what? Mine started... There you go. Okay. Uh, So her name is Daphne. I knew she was bad news from the get-go. Uh, I knew she was going to be a villainess from the very beginning because she was just too a bumbling. Too klutzy. Well, that's like the klutzy bumbling one always turns out to be uh, maybe not the mastermind, but certainly turns out to be a villain. I mean, that's the thing. That's how you're supposed to be thrown off by it. And the, the, one thing True Blood is not is subtle. Mm-hmm. It's not subtle, and they're not very good at hiding uh, you, you know, whatever the secret turn is going to be or the twist. They're you know they're not a lot of red herrings in that show. Also. So she, I didn't necessarily see coming the fact that she can turn into any, that she can turn into like apparently any number of animals. She can turn into a pig and a deer. Is that the deal? Yeah. So she's like a shapeshifter. Well, uh, Sam can also turn turn into whatever he wants to. He just said dogs are easiest, but he can do cats and um, other animals as well. By the way, this is now what everybody else. This is what it sounds like during those goddamn lost recaps, which are fascinating, but which I don't understand anything. Tim and I just sit here. We just, it's like looking at a Rorschach. That everybody else is seeing that it's like the great seal of the state of Minnesota or something, and it, it, Tim and I are looking at it, just seeing a bunch of gibberish. Um, so you can turn himself into a dog and a cat. Exactly. Yes. How about a ferret? Back on the Sam and Daphne thing. So when they're getting it on, are they getting it on as animals? No, no, they're humping on the pool table as humans. So it's not a dog and a pig having no. business. No, they were together. running together right. when they were the dog and the pig. All right. Uh, let's see. I think it's great that Jason Stackhouse is an idiot, but is also kind of a babe magnet. Because typically he's a character... So attractive. I'm just saying, typically a character like that on TV, is he's an idiot, and then he also is like a fumbling boob with women. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they made him an idiot, but who's also... He's a uh, super pimp. But he's also, yeah, he's just like a Mac. I think that's great. Uh, let's see. Here's what bugs me on True Blood. Here's what I don't need to see anymore. 
Marianne doing that stupid vibrating thing. Yeah, I, it, it annoys it's me, It's the too. corniest effect. It's it, it's like they blew... And when she's dancing around, it kind of makes me embarrassed. It's like they blew all their money on the other special effects, so when Michelle Forbes as yeah, Marianne is, has to do it? something creepy, they just have her jitter back in place. I don't even understand the point of that. No, it's, it's Maybe ridiculous. Maybe it's like something to do with the character, but it's just a stupid thing for her to be able to do. It's a really, really bad effect. Uh, let's see. Uh, two more here. At the end, the orgy sequence, where oh it's just God. like some Caligula thing where there's like 50 couples and they're all humping it out on the ground. At that point, I wondered if they were just screwing with us. Like if they were just trying to see how ridiculous Alan they could Ball's make the show. Oh, yeah. No, uh, how are they going to one-up this? And, well, here's how they one-up it. My final uh, observation from last night's True Blood. You just know that sequence where Lorena and uh, Bill are... There's no other phrase for this. Doing all that blood humping, mm. they're having they're having relations in a bed full of the blood of the person they just killed, and you know that that is satisfying some sick freaking fetish on the internet. Oh, you know, yeah. right now that sequence is being put on some necro porn site uh, somewhere. That's I mean that uh, that is something that is done to appeal to like the weirdest, creepiest point zero two percent of the population. You know, what I didn't like about this episode is there was no Eric, which really bummed me. I do dig that guy, by the way. That. Yeah, and Bill looked so ugly, like especially as a vampire when he's slapping around in the blood with. The other chick. Yeah. He is so unattractive. I'm not a fan of his at all. But Eric, oh, and then at the at that freaky part at the end when Sookie, uh, when the preacher is like swe- swearing at her and like right. all those horrible names and dragging her into the basement. Yeah. That's messed up, dude. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I'm 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 un, I'm unclear how to feel about that whole that whole thing. Here's the thing about Sookie is she's just such a relentless Pollyanna that I find it difficult as the se- series goes on to have sympathy for her. She was actually kind of annoying me in this. She's episode. so relentlessly cheerful and and just and and perky all the time that you kind of you kind of do wish for something awful uh, to take place. Yeah, her know it all the attitude and her accent kind of exactly they, they start to get a little grating all um, right so i want to hear your quote i want to hear what you oh okay so let me just uh tim do you have this on ready so tim is going to play something here so i'll drop my uh, bed here a little bit this is uh my submission for worst have people vote most awkward quote uh, maybe it's it's i think it, it's a little subjective i think maybe for next week we should also i should set up like a little thread on, yeah. on facebook or something okay, people that's could true. This is uh, this was something that also doubles as a is it true blood or is it porn? So this is when uh, the preacher's wife is trying to seduce Jason Stackhouse, who is recently born again and doesn't want to get it on with her because she's married to the preacher. Tim, I'm supposed to be with you. We can't. It's wrong. You're married. Not in my heart. Not anymore. And how can this be wrong? She just sort of breathes all of her lines. What God's yeah. commanding me to do. And here's zipper. That's the best part. God's commanding me as she's like pulling down God his pants. Really wants it. And he's such a lunk. God wants it. You're sure? It's like they're making him dumber with every episode. Were you, were you informed by registered life? They really are. <laughs> yeah. Every single day of my life. Oh, and they're in a church, of course. Yes. Just for that extra layer of, you know, make it extra sacrilegious. And then, because he's a lummox. So how long does this go? Wait. There he goes. He goes. Well, all right. All I guess. Right. I guess. I guess I better get to it then. That was riveting. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's like. It's like the worst, most deliberately offensive porn you've ever seen, but like with really great production values and really hot actors. Okay, mine's a little shorter than yours, but mine also too has to deal with Jason Stackhouse. Yeah, of course. All right.
Luke, the day that we met, you'd said, you said that you'd been absent for the last three years. That's right. <laughs> How come? Because sex outside of marriage is a sin. Now, you really believe that? It ain't what I believe. It's what God believes. But, uh, some sins are bigger than others. Like what? Well, let's say you're gonna do it out of wedlock. Gotta make sure the girl you do it to ain't married either. Right, because adultery's bad. One of the worst. Right up there with incest and bestiality. And I think you're right, they are making him dumber. Are these Alabama vampires? Yes. <laughs> they are. <laughs> no, well, they're, they're from Louisiana. Louisiana vampires. <laughs> they're the best kind. <laughs> What's well, like with The Simpsons? Have you ever watched The Simpsons, the first season or two, where Homer isn't really dumb? Uh -huh. He's kind of mean and sort of abusive. You know, and he's a curmudgeon, but he's not really stupid. But it's like with every, uh, with every consecutive season, like with every ongoing season, he just became more and more of just a jerk-ass idiot. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's what they're doing with Jason Stackhouse. Oh, they're making him, like... He has the knowledge of, like, a kindergartner now. Yeah. Like, he can't even put together complete sentences. I have to say that I don't find that the, the preacher's wife uh, chick all that hot. She's a little too... No, she's a little too... A little too Morgan Fairchild for me. A little too perfectly put together. Uh, just my final observation on this is just going to be... Uh, I, I really, though, cannot tell you how big a fan I am of that Jessica girl, that vampire. I know. And not just because she's hot. I think that she's a really interesting character. She's a good character. She's one of my favorites. And I dig that motel they're staying in. And I know that ho that, van that hotel for vampires, I know that makes me, like, a tool fanboy. Uh, uh, I would totally stay in that hotel. If it existed in real life, I would absolutely go stay there. But, I mean, does it, it doesn't look it, like that, No, though. no, it doesn't. I mean, they've, they've revamped it a little bit, the hotel. They've revamped it. Oh, God. I didn't <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, you know we're totally going to have to go there and visit it, too. I'm uh, Count me in. I'm All there. Right. All right. There's your True Blood recap. Uh, straight ahead, we have news from Tim Riley, including the worst Courtney love story you will hear all month. Stay there. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Monday morning. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. They're scouring through stepping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for joining us today. It is uh, Monday morning coming up at 9. It smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dawn Taylor from Cinematical and uh, Movies.com? Film.com? Movies.com. Movies.com. Greg and I have the potential to, um, to make good for a mystery guest last week. Really? Yeah. I, I can hardly so wait. So we actually... What uh, is this we're going to talk about? Puppy Mills? This is I'm our sorry. apology to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's going to be tomorrow. Too. Oh, I did get the new uh, I did get the new issue of the radio TV interview report, by the way, which I'll, uh, I'll give you all as soon as I'm done. <laughs> looking through it for comedy, uh, for comedy value. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. All right, so we'll do a couple stories here, then we'll, uh, then we'll get caught up and we'll have uh, more news straight ahead with Tim Riley. We'll do that Courtney Love story in just one second. Mm -hmm. So I promised a while back uh, to reveal this billion-dollar idea. You had uh, the Jackson story, which was uh, a little gross, but not altogether unsurprising, where he didn't have a nose or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was like his foot, would you say it was just like a breathing hole or something? <laughs> just like the front breathing of his hole th surrounded by cartilage. She looked like one of those alien greys or And I something. just got more startling news over a celebrity death. Is a celebrity just now dead? No, she died uh, a few days ago. No, we, it's Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett. Uh, but, but the results of her will 
Will the, are they going to surprise us? Yes. Okay, so we'll, we'll have that in the next thing. So let me just say this real quickly about the Jackson deal. So uh, apparently in front of his face, uh, just a big hole uh, where he does the breathing, and then they, you, you, we were talking about how he maybe had a collection of noses. And if you've seen Rush in concert recently, you've seen that uh, that film where it shows Getty Lee backstage, and he's sort of like looking at a variety of noses that are on like a little like a little stand, and he's trying to pick out which one to put on. You know what they ought to sell? Michael Jackson, Mr. Potato Head doll. And then you can put on the various... Oh, I get it. Okay. You know, like you put on a regular mm-hmm. nose, then you put on like a, like a skeletor mm-hmm. nose, then you take it off, there's a big hole. Uh-huh. And then like... You know, and then you could put on like, like, you know, and then you could put on like, a, you know, like a, a regular lips, creepy clown lips, regular hair on fire hair. You know that it sells sick bastard to buy that. Oh, you could dress up as a dentist to give him shots. That's a little creepy. Uh, all right. Let's do the Courtney Love thing here. And then uh, and then we'll and then we'll uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with uh, a full news segment. And now the Courtney Love thing. Wait, hold on. Let me find let me find some charming music to accompany. <laughs> Let me find some charming music to accompany the, the Courtney Love story. Wait one second here. All right. And we'll... Uh, Sarah, am I potted up over there? All right. On the heels of reportedly trashing a room at L.A.'s Chateau Miramont last month, a source over at the Inn in New York says that Courtney Love had some very disgusted living accommodations while staying at that swanky hotel. According to reports, the singer left the hotel room littered with dirty needles and used feminine hygiene products well done, while Courtney. visiting New York City last month mm. with her daughter, Frances Bean. Did she not know how to properly dispose of her tampons? One insider said she caused so much damage in eight hours and wrecked so, and wreaked so much havoc. It was actually kind of funny, minus the $5,000 in repairs. All right, so there you go. That is at the Chateau Marmont? Yes. Uh, no, that, that is at the Inn in New York City. Okay, so the Inn in New York City. So there you go. That's uh, that's today's revolting uh, Courtney Love story, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley. Don't forget, one uh, additional pair of Motley Crew tickets we're going to give away this hour. We have a pair of tickets to Crew Fest 2. At some point before 9 a.m., we're giving away a pair every hour for 24 hours on Rock 101 KUFO. You can find out more at KUFO.com. KUFO.com is where you find out more. Straight ahead, we have news from Tim Riley. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Monday morning, and we are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. Call 503-228-4101. Watch me go lube up Academy Award-nominated actor John Turturro. Oh, yeah. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, a pair of uh, tickets to Crew Fest 2 every hour. You can also win them online at KUFO.com. KUFO.com. Uh, the show tomorrow night, Clark County uh, Amphitheater, Motley Crew, Godsmack Theory, The Dead Man, Drowning Pool, Charm City Devils. Find out more at KUFO.com. Uh, friends and neighbors, at the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone, from the CBS News Center. It is 8:43. It's Blast Furnace 2009. 
Temperatures will reach 102 today. Is that 103 is, tomorrow? Is 104 that, Wednesday? Is that see? You're making that last one up. The 104 Wednesday. No, that is true. Earlier this morning, well, it was. We like, can open this up for debate if you want to. I thought that we were topping out at 103. I thought that was the assessment and earlier. It, today. Things do change. Are we settling on blast furnace 2009? Yes, we are. All right. Yeah, it has to have blast because this winter was Arctic blast. I think right. I was out of the uh, I was out of the room when this it's decision blast was made. Furnace 2009. It's no. We have to have a catchy name. That's no. That's no snowpocalypse. That's true too. Snowpocalypse really is. I worked on this tonight. I didn't have that much time. All right. How about heat? Heat. No, I got nothing. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I realize I have I have no better suggestion. All right. Hellacious heat. Hellacious heat. Meat something. I, I'm trying to go with a rhyme. I don't know what rhymes with heat, Sarah. Beat. Meat. Meat. <laughs> okay, we have to stop just doing Tweet. rhymes on the air. No, 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 no. All right, we'll uh, we'll put a pin in this. We'll come back to it. All right, here's Tim Riley. First, let's re- revisit the chicken story. The question was raised, what kind of chicken lays green eggs? And we hear from Leah, who lives in the coop, has seven chickens of her own. They are pets. They also provide her with delicious eggs. She said she has chickens named Aracuna chickens, Aracuna chickens, and they lay green eggs. They're not a green chicken. They're more brownish in color. And see, and I guess if a, if a chicken lays brown eggs, I guess it's not, I mean, the chicken laying green eggs isn't like it's so out of the question or anything. And, and to be fair, nothing wrong with the eggs. They seem fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just eggs. I'd never seen them before. But you re- But I guess the deal is that supermarkets must have figured out at some point that people were maybe weirded out by that. And so they just, they chose only to purchase eggs that were white or brown. Ryan O'Neill must be an angrier mayor than usual this morning. Farrah Fawcett left him nothing. Wow, nothing Absolutely at all? Absolutely nothing. Wow. Her $5.5 million estate goes to the jailbird son, Redmond. Oh. He'll never have to work again in his life. That sucks. Life is so unfair. Pwned. Life is wrong. <laughs> there is no God. Well, he might as well keep taking drugs. Well, he's the one who kept saying, I'll marry her so she can walk. just going to say, maybe you should have been faster with that proposal, chump. Oh, oh God. God, really? Yes, really. I didn't see that coming. Even when you that said before the break me. that there was surprising news, I had no... More I, surprising than chicken eggs. I really caught off... Nothing? Nothing. Zilch. Okay, look, here's a horrible thought. I wonder if he will contest it on the grounds that she, she wasn't right at the end. I mean, that's... Do you think? I mean, that she was all drugged up and... Well, I wonder she, what, uh, but she made this a will in 2007. That was my next question is when is the will from... So she already had cancer at that point. Mm-hmm. But she still had her wits about her. Yeah, I... Look, I'm not saying you shouldn't respect the wishes of the dead. I'm just saying, were that me? I think I might be tempted to go to court over that. I think I might be tempted to... Because the, the kid's in jail for how... How long is the kid in jail? Do we know? Oh, I don't know. He gets sent back there every week. I mean, but... I mean, is the... Did the... He's currently being held behind bars on drug charges. Okay, so he didn't kill anybody or anything. It's just drug charges. Yeah, but I mean, that's... he's 24. His life's a mess. Well, his life can be a mess. It doesn't matter, really. Okay. When you have $5.5 million. Let's back up for a second. Okay, uh, Farrah Fawcett dead, leaves all of her money to the jailbird kid. Ryan O'Neill gets nothing. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Neill is not related to the jailbird kid, or is he? I believe he's the father, isn't he? Is he? But he's not like a stepfather. I think he's actual father. The actual biological father. The last name is O'Neill, Redmond O'Neill. So maybe he, okay, here's what he should do. Maybe his dad can hang out at his new house. He should do like the Britney Spears, uh, he should do what Jamie Spears did. He should do the conservatorship because the kid, drug addict, in jail. Hey, you're going to have to give me this money, Your Honor, because the kid will just blow it on crack. Uh, so that's what I would, that would be my next play if I were Well, here. Ryan O'Neill would probably blow it on crack, too. <laughs> yeah, but you don't say that out loud. You don't, that's, that's a thing that, uh... Ryan O'Neill would probably blow it on crack. 
That's a thing. But see, he has the added advantage of not being in jail at the moment. So relatively speaking, he looks like he's Mr. Clean uh, at this point. So I'm just saying, $5 million, look, even if you only get 20% of that, uh, minus lawyer's fees, that's still five hundred grand. Mm-hmm. That's nothing to sneeze at. I'd uh, I'd be for fighting that. And then what do you care? She's dead. It's not like she's you know going to lose respect for you. And like, we're going to lose respect for you. I mean, I have no respect for Ryan O'Neill now. What do I care? I'm just, uh, I'm just you know, all right. Well, here's Tim Riley. Now we have uh, Sarah Palin, who's warning Alaskans that somebody's up to try to change their state. People from Hollywood. Stiffen your spine to do what's right for Alaska when the pressure mounts, because you're going to see anti-hunting, anti-Second Amendment circuses from Hollywood. That's right. Hollywood. By the way, Hollywood needs to know we eat, therefore we hunt. Wow. You know, uh, it, it, it's just a whole bunch of things to uh, kowtow to small-town America, except people in big-town America have more votes and therefore beat small-town America. That's right. All right. That's I, one thing she didn't learn. I, I mean, big-town America. That the, we eat, therefore we hunt. I, you know, Jesus. I mean, I, I, it's not like that's a page out of Thoreau or something. I know that she's trying to do this, like, homespun wisdom thing, but she's... Uh, she, she has no wisdom. Sarah, Sarah Palin, no Samuel Clemens. Uh, let's see. The name for the heat wave needs to involve gasm somehow. Didn't David Walker mention snowgasm 2009? He, I think David Walker said snowgasm, but Dave Schmidtke said snowpocalypse, which we like. It had, I like you know, that. Yeah, snowpocalypse had kind of a punch heat to it. Po- so I like that one. Heatpocalypse? Heatpocalypse. Sunpocalypse. Hmm. Sun. Sun. I got nothing. See, I got the apocalypse. It, it seems like there is something right there on the tip of our collective tongue, but I just I can't come up with it. I'll uh, think about it tonight. All right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, bring the uh, curtain down on this whole. Make it a geek affair. watch. All right, here's your geek watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. This high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar dilemma, remember you used to... just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux. And just listen, on there, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Better does. Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates said he was forced to give up on the social networking phenomenon, the Facebook, after too many people wanted to be his friend. Uh, he was honored uh, over the weekend in India for his charity work. He told it on it's in New Delhi. He had tried out Facebook, but ended up with 10,000 people wanting to be my friend. Of course. Gates, who remains the Microsoft uh, chairman, said he was in trouble figuring out whether he knew this person. <laughs> But did not know this person. Okay, that's actually pretty funny. Imagine Bill Gates just, honey, I'm going to be late for dinner. I'm trying to, let me check my Facebook. You know, do you have 10,000 friend requests and just, you know, number five. And then it's like some guy named Ted. And you're trying to figure out where do you know Ted? Well, that's kind of a small. Okay, here's the thing. Let me ask you this about Facebook, uh, Sarah. Hmm. The So on Facebook, when somebody asks uh, to be my friend and then I want to know who they are. Can I? Uh, what am I trying to say? If I'm, if, if we're not already friends, like it's all chicken and egg thing. Like I can't see who they. Not that I'm all that uh, selective because it's a public profile and it's for the show, and I usually say yes to almost anybody. But I'm just saying, theoretically speaking, if we're not already friends, I can't really see who they are, right? You can if you click on their profile, you you can see some of their pictures and like their information. So if there's a friend request, it then frees up some of their profile so that I can see it. Yes. Okay, so it's not like one of those things where you go to somebody's Facebook page and you're like, you cannot see anything here until you're it's their friend. Private, yeah. 
All right. Okay. So by off by so by sending me a friend request, they have allowed me to see certain of their things. Yes, I think so. Okay. All right. It's, it, the, the whole Facebook thing is so confusing. To it me. is. It's very. It's, it it's, doesn't make a lot of sense. I didn't even realize like. Everything was locked for me. Everything was private for everything because I realized I wasn't in the Portland, Oregon network, right. which is why I couldn't see anything. I still don't know why my uh, my True Blood uh, quiz results never showed up. Hmm. That thing where it says that I'm, what's his name? Eric. Which, by the way, uh, uh, somebody, uh, I got an email from uh, our friend Cheryl the other day who agreed with me. She's like, you're totally Eric. And then I went back and read the results again, and I got irritated all over again. You know, <laughs> you are a bastard who you know who has. Oh yeah, and I was Sam Rolot. And it, you know, and I'm, it says essentially that I'm the, the worst person uh, on earth. So so says Facebook. Uh, <laughs> what do they know? This says Rick. That is a lie. No one wants to be Bill Gates' friend. That's not true at all. I, I'll guarantee you. Uh, the, you see, you would think that Bill Gates would have like a fake identity, though. That he would have some sort of a some sort of an alter ego pseudonym that he would use for the Facebook. It is it is kind of amusing just to see him just going through 10,000 profiles just one at a time and just sort of peering at the screen, kind of squinting his eyes a little bit, trying to figure out if it's somebody he went to grade school with. There's your uh, Geek Watch for Monday on the Rick and Show. Hammer, by the Sons of Warband, I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. Ooh, this is a good one. How about this? Hot Pocalypse. <gasps> That's funny because it's like Hot Pocket. <laughs> And it makes me kind of hungry. I do, I do like that. Okay, what do we... Apocalypse, yes. Hot-pocalypse. Okay, just tentatively speaking. Starting tomorrow. What do we think about as a as a, as a, 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 a tentative name here? Hotpocalypse. I, I like, like Hotpocalypse. Tim? I, like I do. Do we want to say 2009 or do we want to just make Hotpocalypse it Hotpocalypse? 2009. But yes. then next year we would add a 2010. Do we yes. want to add a year this year? Because nice. people will forget within okay. a year. Hotpocalypse 2009. Hotpocalypse 2009. Hotpocalypse now. I like it. Hotpocalypse 2009. All right. 2009. Excellent. Done and done. Uh, On that note, kids, uh, oh, we want to remind you, by the way, coming up this Friday, this Friday, this Friday at 9 a.m., the uh, KUFO half-off sale uh, will include such businesses as Cafe Allegro, uh, where you will be able to get a $50 certificate to dine at Cafe Allegro in the heart of Old Town Tigard, serving authentic gourmet cuisine in a cozy bistro setting, fresh salads, pasta, calzones, pizza, etc. And that is this Friday at 9 a.m. You're going to be able to get yourself a $50 gift certificate, just $25. So it's just as it sounds. $25 gets you $50, $50 gets you $100, etc. A $50 gift certificate to Cafe Allegro for just $25 uh, starting this Friday at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. I'm part of KUFO's half-off sale. Right now, though, you're going to win one before you can buy it if you're caller 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Or you can get those Friday at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Don Taylor from uh, uh, Cinematical and Movies.com, as well as Dax Holt from TMZ. Uh, We want to thank CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins for joining us today. Also, Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler. Uh, The front desk, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio, Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with me, Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. And, of course, smells like the 90s coming up next with our good friend, Buzz. My name is Rick Emerson. It is Monday, July 27th, 2009. And that is The Frequency. Kenneth, as always, thanks for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. See you tomorrow. Bye. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.